The Bartender Ramp Podcast is powered by CIC Powerbox, your all-in-one portable power solution for commercial and residential projects, roadside assistance, or personal recreation. Call us at 802-468-7697 or visit CICPowerbox.com. CIC Powerbox, wherever you go, go with power. Welcome to the Bartender Rant Podcast. I am your host, Steve Haley, and I am here again from the Elwood Studios, the, uh, I should say, the Elwood Mansion, the new pool room studios. This pod was so nice, we decided to do it twice. That's right. We are bringing back a uh, very esteemed guest. Very excited to get into the show. And lest you think that just because Mike and I and potentially our guest and it, it fucked up the recording on the first end, you know... This is a hard endeavor in podcasting, and despite the fact that we're recording this for the second time, let me tell you, people, we are going to come with the same fervor and passion that we did on the first go-round. You might even get a little tease of that original episode at some point down the line, but for tonight, very excited to bring you the second edition of this wonderful uh, go with, with our friend Carl. Before we introduce him, though, I'd like to introduce my favorite co-host, a man that has been putting in dedicated hour after hour to this show and his patience is running thin. I, I apologize because I see the scowl on your face, but I still love you, buddy. It's Michael Windsor. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing no, okay. I'm just, I, I, I'm just a little sick. That's all. I know. Well, what? Sick of me? Sick of the show? What do you What do you th- What are you sick of? No, I'm just scowl? literally a little. I'm just a oh, little sick you're right actually now. Actually, <laughs> sick. Okay, nice. Um, well, don't throw up on your microphone tonight. I, uh, I, I'm sure that I can drive for a little bit and we can power through. And plus, we have a guest that is quite a gifted talker. So I don't think we're going to have any, uh, any issues filling time on this particular evening. Um, Mike, I'm gonna, I would usually ask you what's new, but I'm just going gonna, gonna to hop in here and I'm going to tell the people. I'm going to steal this section for today. Guys, if you've listened to the last couple episodes, we want to say, one, sorry. Okay? The audio issues have been a plenty bountiful dare i say like the first thanksgiving between the native americans and and those who landed on plymouth rock Uh, uh, just a an array an array of a cornucopia of audio problems some of it how long have you been working on this Uh, no i'm coming up with this right now and can't you tell how genuine (laughs) and uh, organic it is thank you for letting me get through it smoothly um no no seriously guys uh we appreciate your patience it has been really rough we spent all this time and effort and money getting our new rigs going and as you can tell from the vegas episodes we've really caught a a good stitch of um of audio we were on a good roll there and then just have had some problems everything from internet connectivity issues to mics being down the mics being on the wrong channel to um, you, you to know, Steve not back, fucking turning on his microphone. That that's what it is. Happened. It's alleged <laughs> that's to happened have happened twice in a row. No, 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 twice no, in a no, row, no, 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 you no, motherfucker. On. One time I didn't turn on the mic. The other time I had it on a different microphone channel. The, Very different. The six of one, half on. a dozen of the other. What do you fucking want? Regardless, for? guys, what I'm trying to say is for you passionate fans out there, we appreciate you sticking around. We appreciate the support. For any new fans that started on episode 46 or 47, I'm fucking sorry, man. But look, like, nut up, all right? You're not perfect at your job, and I'm not even getting paid for this. So we are going to continue to improve. We're going to continue to get better. Uh, But thank you for being patient with us. I 
am very confident, I probably shouldn't say this, knock on all the wood in this room, that this particular recording is going to come through crispy clean into your... Why did you have to say that? Why did you have to say that? Like silk theater of the mind. Um, Mike, anything else you want to add before we get into the show? No, yeah, I did have a question. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, is your fucking microphone on? Yeah, it's on. No, it's it's on. Oh, <laughs> crap, I forgot to Yeah, record. no, you're not going to get me. Fuck, Fuck off. I forgot to hit record. Um, no, dumb. yes, everything is on. I checked the levels beforehand. I charged my phone today. My internet is still not working, but that's okay. We're going to use all my data on my fucking plan doing the show. Um, I, I can say that confidently because the last time we did this go around, we... Uh, push three hours on the recording and it was three hours of sweet sweet content baby there was a lot of good stuff in there and i can't wait to get back into these stories um before we do guys we always thank you you are the best listeners in the podcast game we could not do the show without you um you are the motivation for us doing it um every time when mike and i are screaming at each other on the phone at our wits end ready to quit ready to stop doing this you know somebody comes out of the woodwork and, and really inspires us to keep going. You know, as I mentioned, the audio issues have been uh, plentiful. And right in the midst of Mike and I's worst fight in probably the last couple months, he calls me from Venice Beach, California, as he's about to walk into the Pacific Ocean with his boots on. And he says to me, you know what? <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds really, it's, if you don't explain that, it sounds really depressing. Like, <laughs> Steve, I'm just done, man. I'm just going into the Pacific, yeah. man. <laughs> All clothes, everything. He's just going in. Did I mention he was carrying a cinder block? I, I don't know. Um, no, Mike, Mike had been out in Venice, California, and he stopped into a bar. And sure enough, the bartender was from Baltimore and they start talking and talking about the show. And it's just like these little moments of serendipity where, um, you know, we meet another bartender or we hear a great bar story or one of you listeners reaches out to us on social that really keeps us motivated to keep doing this. You know, I said to Mike on the phone when he called me, I said, this is a sign. This is a sign. We've had a lot of trouble over the last couple of weeks, but we got to keep pushing. So I just want to thank you guys. If you do want to get more involved in the show, if you, uh, want to be a producer, get some merch, hang out with us, please listen to the end of the episode. Our outro always has a bunch of information of how you can get more involved, how you can support us, and how we can keep growing this wonderful, crazy community. Um, lastly, before we get into the episode, guys, if you're struggling out there, please you know, reach out, get some help. This is a rough business, um, crazy hours. It's crazy putting up with all these uh, ratchet customers, um, and you know, there's so much mental health, uh, concerns in this business. I think a lot of us self-medicate with the, with the party scene or the alcohol or, you know, drugs or whatever it may be. And so, you know, we know how crazy this can get. If you guys need somebody to talk to, please reach out to us, shoot us an email. Mike and I are not professional counselors, but we've been through a lot of these things. We're happy to listen. We're happy to talk and just you know, have somebody that you can put a sounding board on. If you do need professional help, Mike will list some resources at the very end of the show. Please reach out and call. Um, as we always say, the world is a much more interesting place with you in it. And we want you to keep coming back and enjoying this with us. And you can't do that if you're not taking care of yourself. So um, without further ado, Michael, let's get right into this. Um, let's do it. Help me out here because for whatever reason, my brain is saying that Carl has brought the bee's knees, but I know that it's not the bee's knees. It's it's the disgruntled bee. Ah, yes, the disgruntled bee. Coming up, we have Carl and the disgruntled bees. 
Carl, so good to see you. How are you, my friend? I am doing excellent on our first time recording this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I apologize if I threw you some shade. Really, the blame goes, uh, I'm going to take 90% of it as mine. 5% of it is Joel Collinger's. Um, and then I'll put another 5% on Michael, just because he should have done a better job at policing my stupid. Um, he's known <laughs> me for a very long time, and he should know better. But um, it's always wonderful to see you, my friend. Yes, it's welcome. Or well, I was going to tell you guys, welcome back to my podcast. <laughs> Thank you for having me back. Yes, yes. Listen, we would we would love to have you on every episode. I want to I want to record like twenty Boilermakers with you because I think even uh, though we did go a distance on the last recording, I still yes. feel like we haven't even cracked the surface no. of the stories. I remember when we finished that last show, and you go, "Damn, I'm thinking of twenty other stories that I still need to You're tell right. you guys." So. Um, I think that there's going to be a wealth of content. Uh, I cannot wait to get into it and, and, and all this stuff. But I got two questions for you. Number one, are you familiar with Billy Madison? I am very familiar okay. with him. Right. So since I first ever met you, I've been doing the joke, Carl, so good to see you, right? When the teacher's about to take her top off. How often you and everyone you... else. Yes, I was going to say, how often do you get that from people? I get, I get that. Um, and then Carl, I guess. I don't watch The Walking Dead, but is Carl the son, right? I've never seen it. Okay, but I, yeah, I think Carl's the son. And then there's also... Um, the llamas. The llamas. Uh, yeah. Llamas with hats. <laughs> Carl! <laughs> Stop I don't know that one either. People, Carl. Have you ever yes. seen llamas? Oh, okay. No, so no, no I have. I have. Oh, okay. I have. And, the, now, and then there's, uh, I think, uh, Carl off of Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Hunger Force, I think yeah. Carl's the fat guy in that one. But it's really Yeah, 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 yeah. But the Carl, see- good to see you. That's 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 the common one. That's the most Yeah, common, that's got to be the number so. one. I, I had a friend in college named Carl, and I would always hit him with that. But every now and then, um, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Catch Me If You Can with uh, Tom Hanks and uh, and Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. But his uh, the FBI agent who Tom Hanks plays, his name is Carl Hanratty. And I used You're to right. go... Carl, Carl Hanready, and in like a Boston <laughs> accent to him at all all the time. He really hated it, so I would do it so so often. Um, but I will I will do my best to refrain from doing that. My second question for you, Carl, yes. is why would you ever come on this show once, let alone twice? <laughs> why would I? Yeah. Okay. Do you want the honest answer or do you want the PC answer? Can I have honest both? answer? Can I have the Fuck PC, the PC. One first though? Coddle Steve. Mike, don't mansplain our friend Carl. Coddle Steve and his sensibilities. Mike, don't mansplain our friend Carl, okay? (laughs) God damn it. So the PC uh, answer is, I'm here as a bartender to help you guys grow your podcast and with the awesome stories that we get from Iowa. I love that. My my selfish answer, the true answer is, I'm trying to grow grow my own fucking podcast and you guys have a larger (laughs) audience than I do, so... Yeah, we just hit. I think we just hit a million subscribers. So yeah. I mean, we're yeah, we're doing pretty well, you know. You're going on fucking Joe Rogan's heels, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I know. Actually, it just contacted us. We're going to be on the one of the episodes no, here no, coming up Rogan's soon. Rogan's going to be on. Oh, our until show. we release what? Uh, we're going to do a home and home. Okay, yeah. Um, no, I don't think he was ever a fucking bartender, but Carl, the uh, million subscribers was for the OnlyFans, not for the pod. We only got about five hundred thousand on the pod right now. Um, <laughs> but no, it's growing, and that's great. And but this is a great segue opportunity for you to tell the people about your show because you guys have an unbelievable concept i love what you guys are doing um and i say you guys and i'll let you kind of uh uh, talk about the dynamic of your show a little bit yeah so uh my wife and i have a podcast called do you want to start a tab and we kind of do what you guys do but in a different way um you guys have long format we do short format 
we read stories off Reddit, we read two stories off Reddit, and then we give our perspective of how that story went, who's the asshole, could it have been handled differently, and just BS about it, and I can relate to most of the stories. And so mm-hmm. it's just a nice 30-minute long episode. Uh, we try to, you know, we'll have guests on. We're going to have you guys on eventually in separate episodes to give you guys a double the exposure. Look at that. And, uh, yeah, what so it's, it's a fun time, so... What's funny is how I found about you guys. How I found out about you guys was um, I'm sitting there just looking for active bartender podcasts because I wanted to find names. I I didn't want to copy someone else's name, and uh, unlike our YouTube channel. And anyways, I, uh, <laughs> there's a story behind that. But anyways, um, so I was just looking for active bartender podcasts. I saw your guys's and stumbled across that, and I'm like, oh, this is very similar to what we kind of want to do, but again, different. So I know. I was sitting at my computer drunk one night, uh, listening to the episode with, I think, is it Cat from Las Vegas? Yeah, Cat, yeah. Right? yep. And then you guys started talking about Tool, and my yes. drunk ass was like, well, I got to message these fuckers now because Tool's my favorite band, and I, so I did, and uh, I, I think it was Mike, you know, reached out, like, I mean, it was like instantaneous. I'm, sit- I'm expecting, like, I was probably was- sitting drunk at my computer, too. <laughs> and he, and Mike was also probably like, Whoa, this guy likes Tool? Like, there aren't any other Tool fans in the world, but right. Um, and so, but here's the nerdy part about all that like, you guys are talking about, like, oh, I think the bass player's from Kansas City. And then I'm mm-hmm. like, No, the drummer's from KC, the bass player's from the UK, you know, because then that's my nerdy drunkenness, right. just like correcting you even though you didn't ask for it so. no i appreciate it I, I i appreciate being corrected where i'm wrong so no and this is great carl taylor you know, taylor things, tried but she failed so <laughs> one of the things that i've always <laughs> done and i've been a, a podcast junkie for man it's crazy almost uh almost 20 years my the first podcast i started listening to i used to get the shows on an email subscription list oh right they, yeah. they would email you the files out and then i would download them to my computer and then download them onto my ipod and that's how i yeah. would listen to my podcast so um but from day one i was the type of person that as they were talking if i disagreed or i did agree or I, they said something wrong and i knew that they were wrong i'm screaming into my phone it's it's Tom Hanks. It's Tom right. Hanks, you idiot. It's not <laughs> Kevin Bacon and Catch Me If You Can. What are you talking about? Right? I, I do it out loud. And so I'm sure that uh, you, you may have had a similar experience in talking about Tool, um, but that's great. And I love that your show is so complimentary. I think one of the things when we first started doing this, you know, Mike and I were like eh, kind of almost without saying it, you know, knew that this is not about us growing this to some sponsorable giant show if that happens great i would love to you know spew shit into a microphone for a living that sounds fun but what it's really been about is talking about something we're passionate for you know and if there are other shows doing similar things we want to foster that and we want to try to grow this a burgeoning community of people that want to talk about bartending and craft cocktails in a genuine way not not in some like hoity toity buttoned up, I'm an influencer on TikTok mm-hmm. kind of way. I just wanted it to be real. And so love your show, love that concept. It's a lot more palatable than ours. So if you yeah, guys. Yeah, the audio, the audio is really good. Audio, and you guys have video is, too. So the audio is beautiful. Yeah, my, my wife is, she does not like why well okay she obviously loves the audio but the cost of what it costs us to get the audio equipment she i bought it all set up she goes how much does this cost i'm like a little bit (laughs) she's like do yourself a favor do yourself a favor tell her it's riley right am i doing yep right 
tell Riley to listen to the entirety of episodes 46 and 47, okay? And then look at the sticker price and her concerns will wash away because the, the audio on those last two episodes is garbage, terrible. You want good mics, you want a good setup. And I just look, I love your show. I love that you guys kind of uh, pick a, to- a topic du jour to sink your teeth into, which I think is uh, is a little bit more palatable for, for a lot of people, especially if you're not a podcast junkie like me and you're just kind of getting into the medium. I think you're going to really enjoy uh, Carl. Well, Ryan's yeah. Show. So and tell them the name yeah, of the show again. Ch- Do you want to start a tab? Yes. Yeah. And then another thing that I love is obviously you guys are finding stories from online to, you know, discuss, but then you also have your own Reddit page or is that right? Where people can submit their own yeah. stories. So yeah, if you, uh, if you have a bartender story or even if you were just sitting at a bar with a crazy story that you watched, uh, we have a subreddit called, do you want to start a tab to where people can put their story on there? Then we'll read it and critique it. And you know, I mean, look, if you were the asshole, we'll call you out on it. Like if there you you guys, go. if you guys come on our show and you tell us a story and you're like oblivious to like you're the problem, we're gonna call you out on it. But yeah, most bartenders we, most bartenders know that they're the problem. If yeah, that, Steve and I know that we're the well, problem. We're I, well aware. I was gonna say, if there is one redeeming quality about Michael and I, we are huge, huge pricks, but we are very aware that we're doing it. We just can't right. help ourselves. Right. Yeah, most most bartenders too. But I also wanna say uh to support your point earlier where you're saying like bartender we're not all influencers and stuff i mean it's not all glitz and glam i mean yeah do we make some money yeah do we have fun yeah but there is definitely like a fucking crazy side crazy yeah. in quote side you know like it's not it's like it's 40 percent glam and the other 60 percent is just hard work and just dealing with shit all the time you know mentally mm-hmm. physically i mean okay so for instance yesterday i woke up with like i ate some bad salsa right I woke up, bad stomach flu all day long, and I guess what? I still had to go to work, shit my brains out like every other hour, and then still, you know, like fucking work, you know, because there was no one else yeah. to do it, you know? I mean, I know Eat that's some not bad salsa. Yeah. yeah, I came home drunk, and we had some salsa in the refrigerator, and Riley's like, don't mess with that. And I'm like, I want to fuck with it, you know, because I, I want salsa right now. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I, I feel you. Let- I closed the bar last so night. She's, and uh, I, she's sitting over here just laughing because she, yeah. she wanted me to tell that story. So. <laughs> she wanted you to admit the fact that you had shit running down your leg from bad salsa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, no, first. but yeah, it's, it's, it's a good, it's a good life. It's a fun life. But like you said, like, it's just not all glitz and glam. So it's so true. And, and, and it's also, it's a wonderful surprise, but it's also a shitty surprise not to, you know, tag on, on top of your point here, but you know, I closed the bar last night. And we usually close with four or five bartenders on a Friday night. It's pretty busy, pretty big bar. Um, and as we're closing, I start to realize, oh, it's descended into a fever dream. All four other bartenders are blacked out. One of them can't stop falling down, oh like behind God. the bar because it's so slippery. I had to go put him in a chair and just be like, you're good, buddy. Just buckle your seatbelt. You know, just just stay here for a little while. Um, okay, let me let me ask you this real quick, if you don't mind. Yes. So I closed the bar by myself last night because again, yes. I, I work at a hotel bar at a, at a very di- yeah, bar. we're very different ecosystem for sure. And okay, what was your sales for the end of the night? From yesterday? Yeah. We did almost thirty. Thirty. Fuck. God damn! I did eighteen hundred by myself. Yeah, that's a great night alone. Like seriously, one bartender, and you've told us a lot about Hotel Julian and. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the bar there, and I know we're going to get into it because it's a, just a beautiful room, and I, I love the craft of what you guys are doing. Eighteen is a fucking fatty on on yeah. uh, 
uh, that do you guys have food? We do. We have food. We have drink. Okay, and that, it's, and, that definitely and it's high helps volume. that number. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We got 400 people capacity. It's just a very, wow. di- like I said, very different yeah, ecosystem. So sure. it's not a, it's not a massive bar, but it's, I mean, we do, we do good business. The point is, um, I didn't know when I went into work yesterday that I was going to do all of the closing side work. Oh, yeah. And when I mean all of it, I meant that 20 kegs needed to be taken out oh. of the keg room, up three flights of stairs, out back, go get another keg. It, you know, it's just, it was one of those nights where I got to the end. I was like, and you know not upset with anybody that's just how it had to be i've been that asshole that's been too drunk behind the bar too it's just uh every now and then this business surprises you and you wake up the next day you're like fuck did i get hit by a truck last night what the hell and i was drinking too that's the other thing i was shotgun and titties and uh twisted t's people tt's tt's (laughs) i was gonna say um i was shotgun and tt's with with uh uh, my buddy who we had to strap into the seatbelt. And so I was feeling a little squirrely too, but we ended up, it ended up working out fine. We had a wonderful evening, but uh, to your point, yes, this, this business is wild. It'll wear on you, but it is a ton of fun in its own respect. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a psycho fun. Yes. I don't want to hold us up too much here. Cause I really want to get into this cocktail. I love the name. Um, I've always been a huge fan of the bees knees. So I'm love, I'm, I'm really excited to see your take on it and what inspired you to bring this drink to life mm-hmm. in kind of a different way. So why don't you tell the people a little bit about this cocktail and then we'll talk about the history of Amaro uh, Nonino and just kind of Amari in general because I, I found this category of alcohol and liqueur fascinating. Yeah, so uh, the bee's knees, if you're not familiar with it, it's two ounces of gin, three-fourths honey syrup, three-fourths lemon, super easy three-ingredient cocktail. It's a great fabulous cocktail i love gin the honey usually works not usually it works very well with the botanicals obviously different you know your london dries and your american styles are going to give different flavor profiles but it's a great cocktail but i just thought it was kind of maybe lacking some depth and complexity maybe and so i decided to uh do a split base with uh half gin half amaro nanino uh and yeah it worked out really well it works really well with it in my opinion uh and so I wanted to call it the angry bee. And so anytime, not anytime, but it, when anytime I create a new cocktail and I want to c- call it something, I Google the name of the cocktail to see if it's already something out there, right? Like mm. if you find only, if you find like one recipe of it on some bullshit website, who gives a fuck, right? But like if you see it three or four times, like on liquor.com or, you know, uh, what? Dipper's Guide, uh, you know, you're like, okay, well, I can't really use that maybe, right? And so... Angry Bee was already a cocktail, or no, Bitter Bee, sorry, Bitter Bee was already a cocktail. So then I just Googled synonyms of bitter and found the word disgruntled. I'm like, oh, I love that name, so disgruntled bee. And so, yeah, um, I like to use a three-to-one honey uh, syrup for mine. Some people might like a two-to-one, and all that's just going to do is give it a little bit of thicker mouthfeel and a little bit of sweeter, but still, either way, it's pretty well balanced. I love that you picked honey for it as well and obviously you know bees knees the honey syrup is a staple but um when you're talking about the actual body of the drink the texture that mm-hmm. honey uh gives it such a um richer uh i don't want to use the word thicker but i think we think of like a silkier um less watery uh consistency the, visco- the viscosity is thank you is, that yeah. was the exact vocabulary term i was looking for and i was just going to compliment you on disgruntled because it's a word underutilized right in our, our, our age today but um no the honey syrup as a specific decision separate from something like a simple or even some other 
uh, flavored or sweetened syrup. Honey just has the perfect viscosity, especially with gin, to really bring mm -hmm. it together. One of the things I've done for years, I haven't made a Tom Collins with sugar in a decade. I make my yeah. Tom Collins with the honey syrup because I love honey mm -hmm. and lemon together. And I love to bring that kind of in with that drink with uh, to, to make the Tom Collins in a slightly different way. And you get that reaction from people. So, um, and I know we told look, you and I can fanboy about gin all day. And I don't want to make this right. the like white guys from America drink gin podcast. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but seriously, it, we have this terrible relationship with gin in this country. And I'm hell bent. It's, it I'm, is terrible. I am hell bent on changing it. I know you are too. And uh, we, we kind of, Really, we connected last time we chatted about Bar Hill Tomcat, and I think, mm -hmm. um, you know, if, if you're if you're somebody that's thinking about peeking into gin, trying some new things, that's a great place to start. Bar Hill from upstate New York, um, it uh, in that um, God, uh, Syracuse Valley area. I can't remember uh, what it's called, what the area is called uh, specifically, but. Uh, it's an unbelievable American-style gin. To me, it's the standard as far as American gins. We have a great one here in Baltimore, um, Baltimore Spirits Company. They make a shot tower line that has a London dry gin, a botanical kind of floral gin, and then they also have a peppered um, spiced gin, which is a ton of fun. The skeleton is what they call I would that. Say, I would say just go visit your local distilleries because if they're distilling vodka, they're probably distilling gin. And they're not going to make it like a London dry. They're going to put their own American spin on it. So they're not going to have juniper is probably not going to be the most forefront yeah. botanical out of the group. Uh, there's a one out of Kentucky we found called Castle and Key. And that mm. one's fantastic too. But okay. I just say go, vis go visit your local distillery because it's going to be different. It's not going to be that big pine needle punch in the face that you might be used to because that's just not how we do things in America. So I think there's a lot of great places out there if you just go and wander, you know. For a little bit. There you go, people. You have a homework assignment. Get out and drink some gin this week. Um, all right, Carl. Now, I know you yes. said equal parts on the Amarno Nino and the gin. You know, yep. you're just going to kind of go to a one-to-one -one ratio there. But what does that mean, ounces-wise? Teach Just part it up for oh, the people, yep. and then I'm going to give them some background on the history of Amarno Nino. Yep. So one-ounce gin. I use beef eater or uh, just the normal Bombay, not the Bombay Sapphire. I like a more balanced... Um, London dry with one ounce of Maronino, then three fourths honey syrup, three fourths lemon juice, shake, strain into your favorite Nicanor glass. There you go. And uh, I love the reference to the glassware too. We've been we've been trying to teach the people all the little ins and outs in this. And one of my favorite cocktail histories went into um, how the coupe glass was invented. Mm -hmm. Uh, I believe it's King. Yeah, well, it just depends on the guests we have because we've also done dirty fucking Kool Aid, and yeah. that can go in any. I mean, you could just mix that directly in your mouth if you wanted to. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. let's also not. I mean, let's not forget people like Kyle Swindell who came on drinking Miller Lite cans. You know, I love it. and and respect, baby. That's I said. He goes uh, when I asked him. I said, "Do you want to be on the show?" He's like, "Yeah, I got to make some fancy fucking cocktail." And I was like, oh, "Man, <laughs> you can bring whatever you want." He's like, "Cool." He's <laughs> like, "We're doing Miller Lights." In honor of Kyle. But, all right, guys, mix up those cocktails. Put them in the air. As always, we say on the show, don't just listen along. Drink along. Cheers, boys. Salud and cilantro. Cheers, boys. Cheers, Tink. Yeah, just so you know, I went uh, to Joplin even <clears throat> 30 minutes east of me to try and find... 
the Amaro Nino and uh, Still no, luck. no luck. Yeah, you're gonna have to. Go I, to yeah, I just cannot find it in my you're gonna area. Have to go so to the city, you're gonna have to. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So if so you can't I know... find it, tell the people yeah. if they can't find it, what's a maybe the best of the Amaros or Amaris as a replacement? Well, it's like you said last time. There's really nothing that can replace yeah. the Amaro Nino, right? Right. I mean, like this is a whole like you could, this could be a three hour long podcast just about Amari, right? But sure. um, if you're gonna use one like. Um, I know you got Fernet Branca, right? Mm-hmm. Or you ever use like uh, Montenegro, something where that menthol is very upfront. I would only use a half ounce because it's so it's so dominant. Yeah, potent in flavor. Would so you I, would you do the rest of it with gin then? Yeah, one and a half gin, half ounce of and, part of and uh, that. That's what I did last time, and it was it was a delicious yeah, cocktail. I, made, I really like, enjoyed I made, it. I made uh, so I'm a trooper. I made both versions, right? I made one mm-hmm. version with uh, Fernet Branca and one version with uh, Maronino. Now, if you find something else like Ramazzotti or something where it's a little bit more on the sweeter side of things, you know, I mean, just kind of play with around with it and see what you see. But it would never be more than an ounce of anything. Mm-hmm. So, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, because well, Mari is such a crazy category, right? So. Man, you are the king of segues today, Carl. Thank uh, you. Uh, the cocktail history today, folks, brought to you by uh, Would You Like to Start a Tab, Carl and Riley. Um, no, Do you want to start I, a tab? Get it right. I'm sorry? Did I say it wrong? <laughs> Did I say it wrong? Uh, um, no, I dove headfirst into Amari as we were, um, uh, you know, once we got sent this drink, we were talking about this disgruntled bee and the parts of it. Um, I have always loved Amaro. To me, it's been a relationship with coffee. Like mm-hmm. we have, we have a, a great liquor here in town called Baltimore, and it okay. ha- it's a very menthol forward one. But I love it in my coffee. It's a nice that in uh, you know shot or two of espresso, a little lemon wedge. Um, it, it's a really nice drink to kind of cleanse the palate, and I, I find the the flavor pro- profile um, really really kind of like teasing i've i've always felt that way with like a niece too that's why i love those italian like waffle cookies that have almost that licorice licorice spice Mm -hmm. to it but it's sweet with the vanilla some people really don't like that but um as i dug into amara what i found was it's a vast vast category it blew my mind so right uh, the plural of amaro is amari there are uh, a couple of different categories. I'm going to butcher a few of these names, but I'm going to read them off to oh. us. There's, there's light, medium, Carciofo, Rababaro, Alpine, Genepi, and Vermouth. And when I read the last one, I was like, what the fuck? Vermouth is an Amaro? I've been in, right. this, I've been in this business almost 20 years. I didn't know Vermouth was an Amaro. It, it, vermouth is like a cheeseburger. It's a sandwich, but it's so distinguished from the other sandwiches, it's created its own category. And it's Absolutely. the same thing, same thing with vermouth. It has kind of taken on its own life as uh, this distinguished product that we now know. But all of these different Amaros have, um, uh, these different categories of Amaro have very clear flavor profiles. So like the Alpine has like those kind of Alpine mountain herbs and spices that might be found in that particular area. Um, you know, Carciofo is very earthy. It's got kind of like a vegetable quality to it. It's specifically all of those are made with artichoke in some way, fermented right. artichoke. Um, Chinar was, would be your pop, most popular one that people might know. Okay, and that, that one. and that might be my resource. That might be what they're listing as a light or a medium. Um, okay. is, is that particular category? They don't have those written in the uh, in the Italian word, but um, right. The all of the roots of Amari's come from Italian liqueur making, which is where mm-hmm. we're going to take some type 
of root or grape or excess from making wine or another cocktail, and we're going to create a fermented aperitif flavorful additive that can sometimes stand alone, uh, but but usually is used to create greater complexity with drinks. The particular one we're drinking tonight, Amaro No Nino, um, the, the foundation of it is grappa. You know, very simple to just say, it is the excess of what they've used to make wine. So it's just, it's not just the skins of the grape, it is the pulp, it's the seeds, it's the stems. And, and they take all these things and kind of grind and mash and pull them together to create this uh, more complex complex liqueur that's about 35 to 60% alcohol by volume. Um, and it, it is really a, uh, again, a complex additive of flavor. I think the most common one that we all know of is going to be the Agnostora bitters, which is really a bitters, but the same type of process of like bringing these different spices and kind of additives together to to make something that we're going to um, create more complexity in the drinks. This particular one, uh, Amaro Nonino, was created by Antonio Nonino in 1992 in Frulli, Italy. He was the third generation of the same uh, Amari distiller. They have about seven different flavor profiles within um, uh, the Quintessentia um, uh, Amari group, uh, which is his grandfather started way back in the 1920s. And basically, this was a, a, a very, very calculated effort to create kind of a more bittersweet um, uh, Amari that would have complexities of orange, honey, vanilla, licorice, allspice, mango, pepper. And the reason they made it is to create the perfect paper plane. So they actually paired with a um, famous cocktail uh, maker whose name is escaping me at the particular moment. Sam Ross. Thank you, Sam Ross, um, inventor of the paper plane, uh, to make a Amari that would be perfectly complementary for that drink. And so that's how this particular one was born. And I thought that was all just very cool. Um, yeah, it's definitely the Donino is definitely, I think, the most user friendly, like entry level. Not in, I say entry level, not as I'm like cheapening the product. I'm saying the most user friendly, like, oh, if you're going to try an Amari, that's a really good one to try because it is sweet. It has those orange citrus notes. It's a little bit of bitter. It's a little, you know, it has all those things you just said, but it's very approachable. I guess it's the most approachable one, right? Yeah. And because uh, some of those Amaris are like, what the fuck am I did? What did I just try? Right? You know. Well, you know what a great example is Campari, and I love working with Campari. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, as I've told you, I hired a ton of fresh, brand new, baby face bartenders this past year, and it's been it was great in the sense that they knew nothing, so they didn't have bad habits. But on top of that trying to express to them the potency of like a l Italian liqueur and why we're, you know, I don't care what the recipe book says. I want you to go under that, <laughs> like fucking ounce in the strength. Let's do a half an ounce or even a quarter because I don't want this to take over the drink. And so I think that's kind of what you're talking about with the yep. Amaro Nonino as opposed to like a Fernet Branca is not, or an Aperol or something is not mm -hmm. going to have, um, as distinct, I don't want to say distinguished, but as potent of a flavor to where you can go and you can make some mistakes, maybe you even over pour it a little bit, but it can still be, you know, thoroughly enjoyable. And that's, I think, the special thing about this particular one. So, yep. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 good. Definitely go out there and try shit. I mean, what's kind of interesting now, though, too, on top of all that, like different countries and even states here in the United States are making their own Amari, right? Like they're trying to experiment with that because I think a lot of people are realizing this is like a booming category. Like people collect this shit just like they collect bourbon and scotch. You know, there's hundreds and hundreds of them out there, and it's 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 an exploding category, especially here in the Midwest where we're always behind the times. So. Yeah, it's fun. It doesn't hurt that. Yeah, I was gonna all... say it's an exploding category unless you live in Pittsburgh, Kansas, and there's like two and a half options. <laughs> right. <laughs> it, it doesn't hurt that the bottles are also beautiful, right? If you're oh, gonna collect yeah. something, man, just just Google Amari A M A R I bottles, and my mm-hmm. God, I could look at them for days. They just have these beautifully ornate shapes and logos and and printed labels that that seem like they're from the turn of the century. I mean, just. Just, just gorgeous, gorgeous branding with some of these different they lines, put, They put as much effort into the marketing and the branding of the product than they do just the product themselves. Those yeah. Italians, man, they, they're they a different breed. They do things Fucking so much them. different, you know. Bru- you know, let's put one in the air for Italy. You know, cheers to Italy. <laughs> Go Italy. <laughs> Go Italy. <laughs> we don't say that enough on the show. Um, funny enough, I was just watching the Zenadine Zidane headbutt from the 06 World Cup just earlier today. <laughs> um, and just I, I, I was on the shitter just watching him headbutt that guy in the chest and just laughing and laughing and laughing <laughs> and uh, really having an, uh, a wonderful time reminiscing it's, about uh, early 2000s soccer. I mean, it was so awesome, but also like, man, like that just shows you no matter who you are and what environment. You just see red, and that's all you see. You're just like, what is this French bastard thinking right now? Like, what the fuck is this guy doing? You do know four million, or what what was it, probably a billion people around the world are watching you do this right now, right? It's not just just you on a pitch, but anyway, I, I... I uh I digress. Dig- okay. Digress. I almost said is. I almost said rigress. My brain's not working today. At least my internet is for the moment. Um, Carl, let's get into the drinkton. Okay, this is like our service industry LinkedIn. So while everybody else is flexing online, we want to hear about how you got into the business, what positions you've held, and where are you now. So tell us first, what's what was your first foray into the restaurant business? I I'm pretty sure it was Taco Bell. When I was 16, uh, that was my first hospitality. Uh, you know, my friends were working there, and uh, they said to come work with them there. I'm from a small town called Muscatine, Iowa. It's on the, it's a river town on the Mississippi. You know, 22,000 people, whatever. And pretty sure that was my uh, first hospitality. Then, you know, worked some other jobs, did Domino's. Um, was it a Baja always. Blast? Uh, we did not have Baja. Bl- this is like 1996, so the Baja Blast did not exist yet. Did you have those little cinnamon fry things they used to give out at the end of the meal? Do you remember yeah. those? Like, what were those? I remember things? those. Like churros, yeah. essentially, right? Churros, yeah, something like that. Oh yeah, I don't God. remember. I just, I thought it was interesting because I remember we had to cook the meat. They were in plastic bags, and you just put them in water for like 15 <laughs> minutes to thaw them out. Real quick. A, 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 a nice souvé, is yeah, what it's that, called. Yeah, That's, of course, cr- in the French culinary style of cooking. Yeah. Right, exactly. Vacuum seal <laughs> your meat and cook it in water. You know, but, uh, listen, I did, Taco Bell's having a moment. I'm telling you, I more and more often, uh, yeah, and I'm not a huge fast food eater, but more and more often, I am impressed by their resiliency and the fact that 
you know, when I do on occasion stumble into a McDonald's or somewhere like that, I'm like, man, this place a fucking train wreck. Who is working here? <laughs> everything's <laughs> everything's broken. My order's wrong. It took 20 minutes. You know, it, it feels like uh, it's everybody's first day. I walk into a Taco Bell. That thing's running like a fucking well-oiled machine. Now, that's probably because all the employees are eating Taco Bell, and it's like a juice cleanse when you eat there. <laughs> but at the same time, at the same time, I've been very impressed. I mean, was it? It, you know, did that? Did you ever feel like stressed working there? Honestly, I have no idea anymore. Dude, I was 16 years old. That was like yes. half a lifetime ago. I just yes. remember <laughs> like remove those memories I, from your brain. Yeah, I mean, like it was. There were sometimes, yeah, like you know, because things were different back then. So yeah, I think you know they're always worried about numbers, drive through time, all of this, uh, all that. But again, I'm 16, 17. I was super high all the time and didn't give a shit. <laughs> Yeah, so, we, we talked about this the first time we interviewed you. The one thing that Taco Bell is not worried about is the sauce packets that they hand out. No. Because, no, you know, like generous. we were talking about, they uh, you, you go to like a fucking Burger King or something, you have to ask for ketchup now. Like they don't just automatically give it to you. And with Taco Bell, <laughs> you say fire sauce and they just throw a fucking fistful in your, in your car. There are two restaurants that lead all of your, the culinary experiences and free shit given okay it's taco bell with the sauce and it's five guys with the peanuts and the extra scoop of fries a small fry is one scoop and then they go and just put another scoop in there why anybody orders a large fry at five guys i will never understand okay there's a sucker born every day, though. So I guess I'm sorry. Like, you're a sucker if you go to Five Guys, dude. It's like twenty two dollars for a fucking burger, man. Like, that's <laughs> the sucker move right there. Carl, I'm, see, I'm so mad you just said that. Listen, <laughs> if they doubled their prices, I would go there more to support them. I love. They are. I think they're the greatest business that America has produced in thirty years, including Facebook, <laughs> including Apple. Fuck all them. Five Guys is perfect. They give you. It, they know what they do well. They keep it simple. It's good every time. I've never waited at a Five Guys ever, no matter how busy that fucking place is. Their milkshakes are delicious. Free peanuts. Okay, they got the Coca-Cola machine with all the different little spots. I can get, like, orange Coke. I can get vanilla. I got all these different fucking Coke options. It, it is unassailably, unassailably a perfect, perfect business. And I all right, Steve. We're, really, we're, we're on, I really we're, hit a nerve there, didn't I? <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say. I was arguing about this last night, too, because somebody tried to tell me that In-N-Out Burger is better, and they don't even season their meat. In-N-Out is not good. It's not bad, but it's not like this idea that it's in this upper echelon. I feel sorry for people from California that have been on a ketamine drip for 40 years that just think that, oh, my God, oh, because In-N-Out's the only place not named Burger King in my local neighborhood. It's a good burger. Fuck you. It's not. Five guys is the king. All right, now we can move on. To okay, now, yeah, we're, we're already you. on track. We're, we're on track for a fucking three-hour episode. I do have to ask, though, since Steve went on, off on this tangent. I'm sorry. Uh, I Carl, out. do you... <laughs> Do you, do you guys have Brahms in your region? Have what? Brahms. I, I do see love Brahms. Brahms is I love Brahms. Brahms is Brahms is the best fast food place in in America. And he, and Absolutely, hands down. Mike, it's it's a Midwest thing. It's a, it's it's not everywhere, but Mike, you're they from have the, they have their own farms. They have their own dairy Mike, you're farms. From the plains, it's, so it's good burgers and ice mid, cream. It's not the Midwest. You're from the plains, but. Um, it is the Midwest. I looked this up earlier, and it is, it is considered the Midwest by the fucking with, federal government. All right, yeah, tell them to call me. All right, I'll talk to fucking Biden. I'll show him how the map works. Uh, <laughs> look, the fact of the matter is, I'm with Jesus. Mike. I do love Brahms. 
while we're on this conversation, let's put a button on it. Carl, do you have a burger place that's like, that is, and I'm not talking like, <laughs> oh, there's some restaurant in Chicago that you go right. to yeah. once a year. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking it's about like driving. Yeah. It's funny because there is a one place in Chicago that I really like, but um, <laughs> well, that's, that's called Kuma's Corner. Shout out to them. Uh, what's great about them real quick is uh, all their uh, burgers and stuff are named after metal bands. And since I love metal music, oh, nice. so, you know, yes. got the Mastodon, the Neurosis, Metallica. That's right? fucking and awesome. All they do is blast metal music. And so do you have and, one like, that they, you, they do top you to each to? patty with like broken glass and shit, you know, <laughs> uh, I, think, I think it's the Neurosis. It's basically just a mushroom, onion and Swiss burger. Okay. It's fucking baller. So anyways. I was going to say, can you can you name something that people are going to eat the anthrax? Like, I don't think you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Am I going to die? <laughs> okay, so best fast food chain burger. Man, that's a uh, 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 burger. Same Man, I don't know. Like, there's desperation times, right? Like, when I get off work at midnight, Wendy's is open. So you Look, know, I, love, I love Wendy's. I love yeah, Wendy's. It's the four for four. You know, like, it's fine, but, I'm like. Just, I'm not even trying to a comparison shop like McDonald's, Bur- Bur- Burger King, Wendy's. All I'm trying to say is. the problem That Five Guys is the best. Right. Is the, That's yes, what he's trying to say. That's what I'm trying to say. But like, okay, so in my opinion, I don't count Fast Five or Five Guys. Fast Five. Five Guys as a fast food restaurant. Like, Neither I don't, do I. I think it's, I think it's fast different. casual. It's more. Right, yeah, 100%. right, because you have to go in there. You, it takes a little bit of time, you know, and stuff like that, so. I still don't know the answer. Like, I don't. I don't really have an answer to that question. Look at it so. this way. Look at it this way. Common burger joints, and I think Brahms fits in there because I've been to Brahms with Mike's and <laughs> with Mike, and I love Brahms. I love Brahms, and I'm. You ready, Mike? I can't believe I'm gonna say this. Brahms has a better milkshake than Five Guys, and I love Five Guys milkshake. Oh, yeah, I, I know. know. It's because they have their own fucking dairy. Farms. I know the answer to my question, or the answer okay. to your question. Checkers. There you go. Okay, checkers. Well, rallies yeah. for those that don't have. Yeah, checkers. rally. Okay, yeah. so checkers. Yeah. Yes. The checkers That's burger great is great, and their French fries are fucking phenomenal. But yeah. what, the reason why they're my top one, their banana milkshakes are better than any motherfuckers I've ever had before. Chocolate I do like a good banana milkshake. Banana. What was that? Chocolate banana milkshake. Yeah. It's, that's yeah. good, too. All right, let's like keep it moving. I'm sorry. Sorry. Yeah, I'm no sorry. no shit. Let's, let's keep okay, it moving. So this is going to be a long so one. I'm just just buckle, right buckle I've up. only <laughs> talked about Taco Bell so far where I got my yes. history at. Well, well, that's where you started. That's where I started. That's what I'm saying. So then after that, we move forward. Yeah, tell us about some of the positions you've held. uh, I was out of the hospitality industry for a very long time when I had my first, when I had my two kids, you know, just going job to job. But I started catering. So I was a bartender catering. I became what is known as, I guess, the captain of a catering in, uh, business. I was like the second command. Is, is that is that the official term for catering some businesses? Peop- you you some people is the top is the top the lieutenant or the yes, colonel? No. Or? See, we never called it the captain. The hotel I work at, we called the captain. You're just, you're just the lead person. Where if anyone has issues, they come to you, right? Like, mm-hmm. did anybody pain. ever break into the banquet with like a fully automatic weapon and and then knock you out and be like, I'm the captain now? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? But uh, I did catering and then I started bartending at a. My first bartending job ever, I guess, was, you guys are going to love this one, Buffalo Wild Wings. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh. So I did B-dubs, that. back on the show again. Right, exactly. Shout out to- They're going to sue us. <laughs> toilet chaos. But- uh, toilet, toilet chaos. Yeah, toilet <laughs> chaos. Well, 
Well, similar to his experience at Taco Bell, uh, the cryovac chicken meat that we would literally just put in the microwave that was already cooked, and that's what we would put on your salad. I mean, my God, that shit was scary. How are they legally still open? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and growing. And growing. So, yeah, I did that, and then I worked for the catering company. They owned a high-end restaurant, like $50, $50 a steak, you know, plate-type stuff. And, again, here in Iowa, that is a really good price. That's, like, you know, that's a good price point. So I worked bartending there um, and then bartended ever since, basically. So that's where I'm at now, bartending. Yeah. I've never been, nice. I've never been uh, a, like a manager. I've never been general manager. I've never done any of that stuff because you can't make me take a pay decrease to go have more responsibilities. Yes, yes, you're a smart man. Um, Thank you. <laughs> and that's a hundred percent what it is in this business. It is starting to change a little bit, a little bit. And uh, my dream in life, if I ever do open a restaurant, is I want to create a points-based system. Where if you're in an essential position, you're my head chef, you're my general manager, you're my assistant manager, something like that, that you can earn points of equity Absolutely. through years of service. And we cap it. I think Absolutely. it would be a game changer in the restaurant business. There's if we said, hey, Mr. General Manager, if you're here three years, we'll give you 8% right. bottom line equity. And that's what we'll cap it at, that kind of thing. So I know there – sorry to kind of change it, but no, I 100% I agree with you on that because that's what keeps people motivated, obviously, is money. You know, Obviously, you can love your job, but at the end of the day, if you're, if you're working your ass for someone, like what's in it for you, right, after three, five years? Uh, I listened to the podcast, um, How This Is Built, and they interviewed the lady who did Boulevard Brewing. New, no, no, New, new Belgium. And they did like an employee yeah. equity share Collins, of the company. Yeah. And stuff yeah. like that. I'm like, that's smart as fuck because that's how you that's how you keep your turnover low and your employees happy. And and it's not just that. The other great thing that you do is because you're investing in your employees, you'll get greater morale, you'll get a better mm -hmm. effort. And that employee that has equity, whether it's one point or it's ten, right, they have ownership. Mm -hmm. They literally are incentivized every day to try to keep growing the business, marketing it, quality controlling it. Like the next time they see some motherfucker cutting corners, they're like, hey, this matters to me. Like, mm -hmm. I care about this. Absolutely. And that's not, not what we have now. So I'm 100% with you. It's crazy uh, that, uh, and this is common to sales. It's not just unique to the bar business that, oh, you're really good at selling. Do you want to manage a sale team and make less money? Oh, you're really good at bartending. You want to manage a bar and make less money and work more hours? It's uh it's uh kind of it's counterintuitive in so many ways but um yeah but, but so Carl's yeah tell tell us a little bit about uh the spot that you're at now because yes, i know please. you really enjoy the uh, hotel that you work at and you got a lot of pride for the, for what you're doing there yeah so i work at uh i live in dubuque iowa uh we're uh, a little small town on the mississippi river sixty thousand, i think but uh anyways we're on the corner of wisconsin illinois and iowa but anyways the hotel i work at is called hotel julian it's a boutique bar it's a boutique bar, Jesus. It's a boutique hotel owned by a family, and they renovated it like 30 years ago, and it has a lot of nostalgia. So Dubuque is the oldest city in Iowa, and this hotel has been around for, fuck, I think 60, 70 years, and we have just a lot of people that come there, check it out. You know, our prices aren't too crazy. Like some hotels, you know, they just gouge the fuck out of you, but it's... Everyone there like loves the atmosphere, loves the hotel itself, and the beauty and the history of it. So, if you believe in ghosts, 
you come check it out. We have, you know, we have some ghost stories and shit like that that people like get into. Capone supposedly stayed at the hotel for quite a while because he's in Chicago, and if the heat was on him, he would come and lay low, lay low. in Iowa. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, it's it's a great little place. I work at the Riverboat Lounge. It's a, it's the little cocktail lounge bar inside the hotel. So we focus on cocktails, some beer, some wine. We do some appetizers, but. I've been there for almost two years now, and I'm the lead bartender, and I like making bougie cocktails because that's what I'm good at. Yeah, and it's a gorgeous room, man. Yeah, I mean, it's beautiful. It, even the most cursory short search of uh, Hotel Julian, you will see this ornate, ornate lobby and, and this beautiful cocktail room that is transported from <clears throat> a different time of the 19th century, something really special. I don't know when the hotel was built, but it has such great character. And it's right there on the river. And um, mm-hmm. I'm dying at some point to come out and see you. Uh, if for nothing else, then to uh, take advantage of this beautiful atmosphere that, it, that you have behind you. Um, and, and tell them a little bit more about the actual bar itself, because you're there solo a lot of nights. I mean, you said earlier on the show that Friday mm-hmm. night you shut down solo and People might hear 1800 and understand what that really means. Like 1800 sales of one guy, two and two grand at a small bar. Like yeah. That. Especially with, with, with no food. Yeah. yeah. Some appetizers, like but food, yeah, yeah, I mean, we do some apps, but people aren't coming there for app. They're getting an app just to stack on something. But, um, you know, I mean, to put in perspective, you know, we sell, you know, a Bud Light for four, uh, Stella's for $5. Um, our cocktails are 11 and $13 a piece. Um, you know, and we focus on, you know, since I'm the lead bartender, I help create the menus and help, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, put what drinks are on the menu. There's a specific word I'm looking for. I can't think of it specifically at this time. So, uh, curate, that's the word I'm looking for. I help curate the menu to, you know, offer a good experience. So in Iowa, people aren't used to big, lavish cocktails like unique cocktails especially here in eastern iowa and so i'm trying to help people in dubuque experience those experience those things but we also get a lot of travelers from chicago minneapolis kansas city st louis you know des moines iowa they're traveling to dubuque because we're a small little town on the mississippi river that is this beautiful hilly you know unique place and so we're coming to this destination spot so i like to try to make sure people know they can come and good get a good cocktail it's always funny when people from chicago like Oh, we're going to stay here at Hotel Junior. They come to the bar and have a cocktail. Like, I did not expect to have a good cocktail in Iowa. I'm like, look, <laughs> I get it. I get it. Like, we're probably known as some farmers that are fucking sleeping with our sisters and growing, you know, cows and corn and shit like that. Gr- growing cows. Growing cows, yes. <laughs> I grew this one myself. I named her Bessie. <laughs> but, you know what I'm saying? So, like, uh, yeah, so it's fun to do that. There's a couple of bartenders, other bartenders in Dubuque that uh, were really love cocktails and we're trying to push it. We're always going to be a beer town. That's, that's never going to not be a thing. We have four great that's breweries in town, but... We want to help just like, you know what? If you're tired of beer, come get a cocktail. So, I love that you are changing the dynamic and uh, that you are kind of cultivating a little community of your own there in Dubuque that is uh, changing the dynamic <laughs> as well. Yeah. It, we, we talked a little bit about, um, you know, how uh, a local food and beverage community takes the next step out of what has been the norm into maybe the next age. Of, of what they're going to be and new flavors and 
and new styles coming in. And the only way that that happens is if there are some brave few that say, hey, I don't give a fuck if this is Dubuque, Iowa or not. We're going to do some cool shit here and getting passionate about it and committing to it and and then putting your money where your mouth is and your time um, into that. And so I think that's great. And Hotel Julian. Yeah, I think it's also super fit. Yeah, it's super fitting for the hotel, too. I mean, it just right. What a jumping off point. Like when yeah. you like when you go to a fancy bougie hotel, you expect to have good cocktails there. That's at least what I assume, right? If I'm paying $180, $200 a night, I expect the bar to have good cocktails there. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe I, that's just me, and I have high expectations. No, I agree. But um, you know, it's also we're also different because most hotel bars are what closed by nine, ten o'clock at night, right? Like you have to get there early to get a cocktail, or you're fucked. We're open till eleven or midnight, you know. So we're, you know, it's a little, it's we're a little different, uh, but you know, it's it's a fun place, and uh, I do don't you find plan that a- people. Sorry, Carl. Do you find no. that people stop by that aren't staying at the hotel pretty pretty often? Um, I'd say it's about seventy thirty. Uh, we're trying to get that number more to be fifty fifty, right? Because yeah. that's at the end of the day, that's where more money is at, right? Like I want the people who aren't staying at the hotel to come in, right? More locals, more like people just yeah. Uh, oh, we heard you make good cocktails, right? Like that's that's where I make more money at, you know. And again, that's this the is ultimate a, compliment too. Yeah, yeah exactly. It absolutely is, and it, it's not always about the money, right? I'm I'm going to say the word money a lot in here, but I love my fucking job, no matter if I make you know thirty thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars. But at the end of the day, if I can keep doing what I'm doing and get more money, fuck yeah, let's go. Yeah, absolutely. And this place reminds me so much of a haunt of Mike and I's from when we first ever moved to Baltimore called the Owl Bar, which was in the Belvedere Hotel in uh, in Mount Vernon. Such an unbelievable building built in the late 1800s. Had this, you know, 20-foot vaulted ceilings, beautiful mahogany yeah, bar. And right. the guy that, that ran the place was this guy named Joe, and he was a cocktail wizard. Mm. I mean, he was just such a talented guy behind the pipes. And... Um, you know, we lived, I don't know, what do you say, maybe a mile up the up Charles Street um, from the location in, in Charles Village. There were a million places we could have gone. There mm-hmm. was no particular reason. Yeah, but we're fucking classy. Yeah, so well, we're something. That limits your, it we're limits something. the places. But uh, no, it was, we were drawn <laughs> to that place uh, partly for the atmosphere and then partly for what Joe was doing, which was just some really, really uh, unique stuff. So, um, we got to keep it moving. Carl, I hate to tell you this, but there's only one way out of this podcast, and it's through the gauntlet. Are you ready, uh, my or friend? Just, or if you turn off your microphone, wait, that's wait, a way my out, internet too. So. Is going away. My internet is going away. <laughs> I think we're having an earthquake. Yeah, Steve, Steve, can you please check? Is your microphone on? Do you have it on the right channel? <laughs> is your phone charged, Steve? Uh, <laughs> no, I think we're good. I think we're good. I am... Uh, I, I don't think we're going to have any audio issues. I'm just going to keep saying just it. fuck it. Let's keep gambling. Um, <laughs> here we go. This is The Gauntlet. All right, Carl. It is The Gauntlet. Let's start with question number one. Pet peeves and misconceptions. These can be your pet peeves for customers, coworkers, or your misconceptions that people have about the business. So this is going to be kind of a throwback to one of your earlier podcasts with uh, Matt, I believe, from Wisconsin, right? 
the yes. actor. Yeah, this is a, this is actually a more recent one. Matt Rangel, yeah, who he, Rangel. he's a content creator on Instagram, has uh, hilarious. Yeah. yeah, definitely follow him on on Instagram. He uh, he's got some hilarious, very relatable bartender stuff uh, and skits on there. So, so uh, he, I think, he said something about old fashions and misconception oh. is that you just muddle cherries and oranges and all this other stuff or something. I, I thought I thought we were gonna have to wait for question three to get back into this nope. one. So do it now. Nope. So uh, <laughs> so it kind of relates to that. And I'm sitting there, like you were saying earlier, you just kind of like yell at you know a, to no one yes. about something incorrect. And I'm like, that's not the misconception about a Wisconsin old fashioned. It's that they use brandy, and which is fine. I have no issues with that. You can do that. But the bar I work at, and if you live like right over the border of Wisconsin, people who order an old fashioned, they sometimes think that you're automatically going to use fucking brandy in it because they don't travel outside of Wisconsin. And I have to educate them and tell them like, no, a bourbon old fashioned is the normal way. So for a quick little two second disclaimer, a brandy old fashioned would be muddled cherries, oranges, bitters with brandy, a quick little shake. And then you either top it off with soda water, Sprite or squirt for a sour. Is it not? I'm sorry. Does it fucking not have squirt. did you say squirt? squirt sour mix or whatever? <laughs> like the off-brand <laughs> okay. Sprite. The off-brand there's sprite a there's a soda called Squirt too. That's what I'm talking about. Because it, okay. it's considered a, it's considered. What did you sour. think he was talking about? You thought you thought Carl was gonna come in the fucking <laughs> right? Wisconsin old fashioned. I'm not. I'm not gonna. About? I'm not gonna squirt squirt in the fucking drink. You think right? he was drowning a small child? Like, hey, squirt, get over here, dunk your head in this brandy. <laughs> no, I just. What are you talking about? <laughs> Just no, no cocktail, no official cocktail of any place it? should have squirt in the fucking well, recommended. Sorry, sorry, right. sorry. The challenge so. has been laid down. Somebody create a cocktail worthy of the name Squirt. Right. All right. <laughs> oh, I'll take that, all motherfucker. So, uh, um, no, so, but Carl, my question is: Is yeah. the Wisconsin old fashioned? I I was confused last time we talked. I thought it was standard old fashioned, and then you just add brandy, but it's still had whiskey in it, or bourbon. But we're, we're saying it's brandy Just is the base. Brandy is the base. Yes, oh, it is a two ounce wow. brandy cocktail. What yeah. happened to these people? Ex- I, exactly. So, so when they come in, I just make them. Okay, the way I make my standard old fashioned is a quarter ounce of Demerara syrup, two dashes of Angostura bitters, two ounces of bourbon, and an orange twist. Right, and that's what I make them. I'm like that's not what I ordered. I'm like, yes, it is. And where in Wisconsin are you from? And so we have this <laughs> argument about it all the time, and they get mad at me. I'm like. They're like, but we just call it an old-fashioned here. I go, I understand that, but the rest of the world calls it a Wisconsin old-fashioned. And my and my analogy is, is do you think they fucking call them French fries in France? No, they call them fries, <laughs> all right? Like, I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm just like, that's the only thing I can, like, say. And they're like, oh, that makes sense. I go, the rest of the world, it's a bourbon, three-ingredient cocktail. That's it, yeah. you know? So that's that's probably my – hold on. Is that is that my biggest pet peeve? I'm asking my wife, Riley. She's, no. what's my biggest pet peeve? Your biggest pet peeve is when people come in and there's like five people and they order one drink at a time. Oh, yes. That's okay. <laughs> oh yes. Oh my God, Riley. Thank you. <laughs> you, you thank she, you. She's, she's, she's heard, Fucking she's heard you bitch about yeah. this one Christ. too many times. Yeah, Cause <laughs> like, you know, sometimes you just don't think about the same story. And so I don't know if anyone heard, else heard that, but, um, it's when a group of five or six come to the bar and go, what can I get for you? And they order one drink at a time. And they go, like, can I get this? And I wait. And I look at them. And they expect me to make that one drink. And I go, 
you know, I can't multitask. I can't make more than one drink at a time. Yeah. And and it's just annoying because they think like I'm just an idiot that can't multitask and make several different drinks at one time. Like, oh, we're all we're all going to get cocktails. I'm like, yeah, I can still make, you know, five separate drinks in a row. I'm not an idiot. Now, do, it, does it make it worse if they are paying separately, or is that a factor at all? Um, I don't really give a fuck how they pay um, at the end of the day. obviously. Okay, so, I, again, I'm in a different, unique situation where a lot of the times at the hotel, one person usually takes care of the tab. Because I think that's yeah. more of like, a, hey, let me just get this one round. You know, like in my bar, the bar I work at, you know, like if the bar were Steve at, I could probably see where everyone's paying individually because, you know, they're out having a good time. But at the bar, it seems like... A lot of people like to pay one tab. Maybe they get a feeling off me that I should only pay one tab. I don't know, but <laughs> my my follow up question. It's in the eyes. You know, t- Taylor brought it up. People lose IQ points when they go out to eat and out to drink, and it's just it's flabbergasting to me how they like they stop being able to process basic basic <laughs> questions, right? right? But but the one that skews me is you know. Uh, Let's say five people walk in the bar and they order one at a time. I could almost justify it if they're at a higher end cocktail bar like yours. They don't know what they want. They're studying the menu. They're trying to understand, hey, do I want this? Do I want that? Maybe I even want to see my friend's cocktail come out first. I want to see what how this guy makes right. it. Then yeah. I'll make my decision. I now, get that. I'm not I'm not gonna take your anger away from you. You have righteous anger here. Pick a fucking drink and all order together. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a rube, but my bigger problem is this. I go to a table. I go to a group at the bar. I take an order. I say, anything else I can get you? No one either. Either they don't respond or they say no. You go make that drink. You come back, and it's like, can I get a Miller Lite? And I'm like, dude, I was right where the Miller Lights were. Right, yeah. Just then. Yeah. You didn't know you liked Miller Lite until right now? Oh, did you find Miller Lite on the beer list? Now, that sounds good. I'll try a Miller Lite tonight. <laughs> So you, like, come on. so you just hit another nerve with me about that. So we just do appetizers, and I have to go get the food. I actually wear a pager. And for you young fuckers that don't know what a pager is, <laughs> it's a little electronic device that buzzes you when your number is called. It's what drug dealers used back in the 80s, okay? To, so, I was about to say. It's, I it's watched you know, The Wire. I'm sorry. Go so, That's perfect. Yeah. So I have to run downstairs and go get it. And it's like I don't go – I have to run down, you know, 12 stairs, go to the kitchen, grab the food, and come back up. And if I'm the only bartender, I'm taking away time from people not going mm-hmm. to the bar. So, you know, they we have like a burger and some other things. And I set the thing and I the normal hospitality thing is, can I get you anything else? In my mind, I'm not getting you anything else. I'm still just going to ask you because, you know, it might be like, oh, can I get another drink? Oh, can I get mayonnaise? Or, oh, hey, can I get barbecue sauce? Motherfucker, you know you order that shit when you order a burger. I got it. And I tell people like, no, I can't. I'm super busy. I'm not going to run all the way back downstairs <laughs> Love it. just to get you a barbecue Good. sauce. Like, Good. Teach them. Order it on the front end. It's that's insane. what I say. Yeah. The, 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 worst, <laughs> the worst version of this, Carl, and it's, it's not even a question. The worst version of this is when you go to the table, you go to that party at the bar, they order something. Maybe it is a little bit more complex. You go and you make it and you come back, and then it's the same order for that thing again. And then you're, you're right. like, 
you, it makes me want to just scream because I'm like, I could have just double parted all of that. Right. Yeah. No, I, oh! I just love the I love the confidence in this in the job security of yeah. Well, can I get this? It's like no, no, no you can't. I you missed your you missed your fucking you. opportunity. Oh, I, and <laughs> I'm that guy. Yeah, I'm that guy. I will tell you, chef. This is why I can't do it. Like you should order it when you do. That's what you you want. You know, you get mayonnaise with your French fries. Just tell me up front. The flip side of this coin is this, right? Occasionally, and obviously I work at a very, very beer forward place. We have over 300 beers available, right? So very different type of um, uh, menu than what you're working with. Right. Um, But I think you'll relate to this. One of the small joys that's on the other side of this coin is when two people from the same party or two people from different parties order something and you go to make it and the things that you need to make it or the beers that you need to pour are right next mm-hmm. to each other. Oh, man, I, I'm rock hard. I'm talking like my dick <laughs> could Christ. cut through concrete. I It just makes me so happy when I'm like, two beers? Oh, my God, they're right next to each other on the tap. Bang, pour, gone. <laughs> Done. Do you like, do you I, ever recommend? Do you ever make recommendations to guests based on that? Time. If somebody orders a Stella, <laughs> if somebody orders a Stella at my table, guess what? The next thing out of my mouth is going to be. And this is literally me. You're going to have a Stella. Somebody doesn't know what they want. Oh, what do you like? Oh, you like light beers? You know, we have this beer. It's like Stella's slutty cousin, Cronenberg 1664. Imagine such a Stella but brewed with candied fruit. You're going to love it. And I already know. And all those things are true. However, I also know it's right, it's right next to fucking Stella. Mm-hmm. And my tap line. No lie, my tap line is a good twenty feet long. Like, I, there's That's not insane. a world where there's not a world where I could pour a beer on one end and on the other simultaneously. It, it's impo- you physically couldn't stretch that far. So unless you're like Go Go Gadget. Um, but anyway, let's let, let's keep moving. Any other pet peeves or misconceptions, Carl? Because we could also get bugged down I, on this. I can tell right, that you, yeah, like yeah. Michael and I, are yeah, an you've been, in the, you've you been doing this for it. what thirteen years, yeah. yeah. Well, what something that I think is amusing too, though, is even though Wisconsin is so close to you, that mm-hmm. whenever people order an old fashioned, you refuse to say, "Do you mean a Wisconsin nope. old fashioned?" You're like, you, you make them an old fashioned, and you wait for them to explain. Oh, actually, I'm from Mike, Wisconsin. Mike, why does Carl need to change? Right. Because of I'm other not people's he needs ba- to. No, 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 I'm saying this. I just think no, it's. A, I just find it amusing. Why does Carl need to change because of others' bad behavior? Fuck that. I'm not saying that. So here's what so so here's what people do. Like when they order old fashioned, like, well, Wisconsin's just right there. You should make it that way. And then here's my response to that. I go, so the bars that are right inside Wisconsin, they should make it the normal way because they're right inside Iowa. (laughs) Iowa's right there, right? (laughs) You know, you've you've had to have this conversation so many times in a show. This is like telling somebody my dog shit on my rug, and then that person looking at you and be like, You shouldn't have gotten a rug. You should have gone hard wood. Like what are you talking? What are you talking great, about? Great, great analogy, Steve. That was wonderful. So, um, <laughs> how how often do you ever? So you somebody you comes in, they order the old right fashioned. Shove that little blue microphone <laughs> covered down your goddamn. So they come in, they order the old fashioned. You make them a true old fashioned, and then they're upset because they wanted a Wisconsin old fashioned. Do they are are you forcing them to, like that's your drink? You're not remaking it, or how does that so play here's out? Here's how it goes. I said, just try, it. <laughs> yes, just just, just try it and tell me what you think. Because at the end of the day, I can always add shit to it, right? I could add a little bit more. Sp- I'll pour some fucking brandy right? in well, there if you, no, you just got it like that. a little like, holster. I'll just make it a little sweeter because that's usually what they want. They usually maybe want it a little sweeter the than what is, is the brandy yeah. sweeter and stuff. And they try it. You know what? Honestly, I would say it's about fifty fifty. Uh, 
where they're like, oh, this is actually really good. Because they've never had a properly made Yeah, because that's the fucking cocktail that has stood the test of right. time. And yeah, then, it's fucking good. Yeah. they go, can you just put a little bit of Sprite in there? And I get right. They just, they just, they, they, they. Squirt. I, squirt, Sprite. Yeah, but can you get, can you can get, get a squirt, squirt, squirt in there for me? <laughs> can I get a squirt of squirt in here? <laughs> My wife is giving me like the, you're an ass, not even like. You're an idiot look right now, so. No. Power. Power ahead, my friend. You're crushing this. Uh, but, yeah, it's it, – I mean, it is what it is. Again, that's just a personal uh, thing. So just remember, if you come yeah, to but, if you but, come to Hotel Julian, order old-fashioned, you're going to get it made the correct way. Yeah. The way baby yeah, the way go. baby Jeebus intended it to be 100 years ago. <laughs> and, and, if, and, and if Carl tells you to take a sip and you indulge, you can't. You, you, you've already put your lips right. on that. You can't get that re- rebate now. You understand. Once you try it, it's gone. It's done. It's you've drink. committed. Yeah. And if you want mayonnaise, order it on the front end, you twat. Okay. Um, you probably can't hear this because I'm actually recording in the Airbnb tonight. Oh, nice. But there goes the train. So oh, cheers, Aldrich. We cheers. can hear that. Cheers. Can you hear it? Well, I don't I know if the microphone's it. picking it up. We had on an episode that we had just with a guest on the other day. We live on one of the busiest streets in Dubuque, and there was a police car, so you could hear the sirens in the middle of the episode. I'm like, I can't do anything about that. No, I, I kind of like it. It's uh, it's uh, I, I appreciate the rawness of it. You know what I mean? It's uh, you're you know, it's like it's it's like garage rock. You know what I mean? It's not this you know super polished finished product. It's you know people starting out trying to make something, and yeah, there's gonna be some fucking sounds you don't want in the recording yeah, that are gonna make their way in. So. Carl, that's just what we call recording in Baltimore. Um, <laughs> question number two. <laughs> oh, that's it. Worst. We're only on number two. <laughs> yeah, I know we're at number two. Uh, it's best, all right. This is it's it's gonna be a long one. Tips. It's a good one though. Best and worst tips. Question two. These can be monetary, but they don't have to be. Explain, Michael. Yeah, these can also be, uh, you know, something special that a guest left with you, left with you. Maybe something physical, or maybe even you know some words of advice or anything like that. So I've never had like. I know you guys had some guests, I think, that said they got like a couple hundred dollars or like that's like, you know, 2000 percent of the bill or and, and stuff like that. That's never happened to me. You know, like uh, uh, that's because you won't go get the fucking mayonnaise, yeah, man. That's why exactly. <laughs> <laughs> those cheap bastards will not. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, I know. They're, they're the ones that aren't tipping anyway. <laughs> they tip 15 percent. They think that's a really good job. But, yeah. Um, no, like you know, that's how that's how we do it in Wisconsin. Fifteen percent—that's right. <laughs> a good tip. <laughs> I I guess I'm I'm grateful enough to where like I'm good at my job to where like thirty percent is about average, and you know that's a higher than norm. But you know it's practice and skills and working hard at my craft. So, but I think the best tip, and I talked about this first time, and I want to make sure I iterate that or reiterate this, right? Right, uh, is food. Bringing me food in the middle of my yes, shift. Yes, we did talk about this. And, like, it's amazing because you're like, oh, thank God. Like, like if you're a bartender, you don't get breaks, especially if you're working by yourself. Oh, I'm going to go take a quick 15? No, because guess who's serving? No one. So, like, six, yeah, eight hours. Yeah. Your particular setup is uh, a very special cut. Fucked? Like, my yeah. God, dude! You're the yeah. service bar. You're the main bar. You're the yeah. bar back. You're the yeah. <laughs> you're the hostess for the right. bar. You're the <laughs> server. It's yeah. There so, is no one else. So when people like we have this little dive bar that's a block and a half away, and people are always like, you know, what can I go get eat at eleven o'clock at night? I'm like, go to this dive bar. They have a great burger. It's just 
It's this like flame broiled fucking burger that's amazing, just pickles and onions. And I've had people bring those burgers back to me. And I'm just so grateful because I'm just like, oh, my, that's what I need right now, right? I just need to mm-hmm. shove this fucking burger in my mouth and just enjoy Over it. a trash can. Right, you know? And I've, <laughs> I've stopped in the middle of making drinks and just took eat half of it right away. And some people, like, look at me like, what the fuck? And some guy goes, I get it. You do you. You know? You know? <laughs> you know? Like, you know? But um, Guess who's getting served he, first? <laughs> right? This yeah, fucking like, oh. guy. You know, some people are like, oh, that's cool. Because, like, it's just... But yeah, I've never had like a monetary crazy tip or but I I food like if you no I think that I I love that I, we, we've kind of talked about this. There's a another I think actually You've had a couple uh, episodes, I think I actually think Matt Wrangle said food. I might be wrong, but uh, yeah, he even no, he, he even has he a certainly did he even has a bit about it. But we I think when we talked about this the first time we interviewed you, we even kind of went down the path of like what's a good thing to bring to a, a right, bartender yeah. because this is and this I is made... a this is a tip that you're only going to know like if you are in the service industry or if you have friends in the service industry. So obviously you, you can't just go into any bar and pull a hot dog out of your pocket you also don't and wanna... set it on the table and I act mean, like it's, it's going to be a good I tip. Eat, like I ate a month old salsa and I still ate it. So. <laughs> right. You also, you also don't want to go too complex because you don't know what no. this person likes. Right. right. You, or they're allergic you also to. Gotta, right. You mm-hmm. also got to think what travels well. And I made the point that, you know, I don't want somebody to bring me a crab cake. And I'm talking to two guys that don't have access to, like, readily yeah. available good crab cakes. If somebody brought me times. a crab, if I was bartending in Pittsburgh, Kansas, somebody, and somebody brought me a crab cake, I would not eat it. Yeah, okay. no, that's smart. You should. I would be very yeah, suspicious. Yeah. I, listen, I bar- I, I, I'm bartending in Baltimore, and I've had people bring me a crab cake. I'm like, when did you get that? Where did you get that? <laughs> okay, it's been more than 20 minutes. I'm good, dude. Fuck you. Yeah, you, 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 you need to lower it. your standards. You uh, fucking no, posh man. little bitch. No, Who no, do you think man. you are, Steve? Oh, it's a, that's a 20-minute-old crab I'm cake. Joking. Go fuck yourself. I'm not serious about the 20 <laughs> no, minutes, you're but not. certain things don't travel well. That's <laughs> right. my only point. Uh, okay, like yeah, chicken tenders, chicken sandwiches, burgers Solid. that are overcomplicated, mm-hmm. right? Just your Solid. basic burger. Yeah. Basic, taco, just normal taco. bar food, right? You talk, right. Yeah. No fucking... A taco, though, I don't know. A taco could get soggy. It depends, the shell get super hard right so like mm. any that are bowls right if you can turn a taco into a bowl because rice kind of holds up for quite a while yeah. yeah you know but like your burgers your chicken sandwiches and just get the basic don't get the over complicated there's 15 degrees on the motherfucker no don't do that just get the basic and like honestly like okay i'm not a ketchup guy and i know that's so like uh but just get Basically, kind of make up. Yeah, what are you, a fucking communist? Pretty Fuck much. you, dude. <laughs> Mustard and barbecue sauce. That's where we're at, you know. But. Well, you can always get just get the, the sauces on side. the side. Right, get it on a- the side. Ask, right. ask for them when you order yeah, the yeah. fucking meal, obviously. But, uh, no, I, I really do love this because, uh, like I said, we do have a lot of listeners who aren't bartenders. And I think this is a really cool little, uh, you know, like it's not secret, but a, a really good insight into t- if you go to a bar regularly and you want to do something special for your bartender instead of just le- leaving them a good, you know, 30% tip, bring them something tasty in the middle middle of their shift to eat, and you're going to establish a, a special bond with that person. They're, they're never going to forget uh, that. If, so. if, 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 if it's like your first time with this bartender, don't bring them baked goods yeah, that you no. baked at your house because that might, I don't know you. Like, what you put in yeah. this motherfucker, you know, See? you know? One of the things I've been dreaming about with this show is that, you know, we always talk about this being like a 
uh, idiot's guide to the restaurant business, right? We're going to try to teach people how to kind of better maneuver the service industry. But I always have kind of had this like, like uh, part of me that's like maniacally laughing. What if there's somebody that's taking every piece of advice that we've given them to heart and they're just like they're going out and before they go to a restaurant, they're like picking up some Wendy's. They're walking. Hey, here you go, buddy. First time he's ever been at the Hotel Julian. <laughs> you know? um, I, I do. That does make me laugh. Just just thinking that maybe somebody is taking some of our. Content well, to the I think it's important to say, though, too, like e- even if you bring food, you still need to leave a tip. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, thank you, you for know. clarifying that. So, OK, so. <laughs> yeah, let's clarify. Usually when someone brings me food, is they came to my bar, they paid their tip, they went out to eat, and they came back to the bar. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, we're going up to a room. Here's a burger. Staying in the hotel. Right? That Yeah. So that's like that. Yeah, they're not just going to go to Wendy's, grab a four for four, and be like, you know what, motherfucker, here you go. <laughs> you know, Wendy should sponsor this particular episode just with all the play that we've given them so far. But I actually just realized, you know, this is probably more common, the food tip in your business, because you got people staying mm-hmm. in the rooms above you. So they go out and they get they get a steak dinner. They got a few sides. Here you go, Carl's and baked beans. Huh? Enjoy that kind of thing. Um, we're heading up to our room. I will also eat a half a play me on if you bring it to me. I don't fucking care. Fuck if you yeah, let's do it. it. I mean, see, thank, thank Carl. Mike, thank you so fucking Mike, much. Mike feels I justified because he eats I got off other people's trays. On, I got shit on from uh, Ju Young in Vegas about this. It's to where when you bust when I was tables, working at Blue- you lick the plates clean before you give them the dish. <laughs> that is not true. Sick fuck fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. When I was working at. Uh, bluestone like it was it was a night they had a great food they had delicious sea bass they had wonderful filet they mignons sure and if somebody they some sure people do. would like eat a small amount of food off their plate and i mean these are like 30 dollars plates and they eat a small amount of food off their plate and i'd go you know as the server or even maybe the busser in my earlier time and i'd pick it up and i'd fucking take that i'd throw it in the microwave for 60 seconds and i'd fucking scarf that down and uh, I got shit on really hard by Ju Young for that, so I'm really glad you said that because I feel the same way. So, <laughs> filet mignon is different it, than it, French it boosts the mind. it boosts the immune system. All right, you need to you need to just accept Listen, that. I ate a lot of dirt as a kid, okay, but I'm not cleaning up after strangers. I, I, I don't doubt that, Steve. I, I I don't doubt that at all. I'm sure that's a, a practice you probably carried through to your adulthood as, as well. <laughs> yeah, every now and then, you know, you got to keep the immune system strong. All right, let's keep it moving, people. Question number. Number three, worst drink orders. Now, these can be like cringe drinks. Like we always talk about the Long Island iced tea or trash cans on the show. But it can be more than that, right? It can be like a drink that another bartender made. You were like, what the fuck? I ordered a Wisconsin Old Fashioned and this has no brandy in it. <laughs> um, or, or it can be something, you know, it can be something that, like uh, drinks that you don't enjoy making. So... <sighs> It's it's kind of funny because like I listen to these episodes and people are like always bitch about like oh I gotta make a mojito and I'm like what's wrong with making a mojito it's like no different than <laughs> half the shit I fucking make and then I'm realized oh it's because they're like in a speed bar and making a mojito is obnoxious as fuck. Carl, I'm usually nice to these people, but they're a bunch of fucking babies. All yeah. right, I love making mojitos. They're easy, and you know what? If <laughs> you're a easy. former guest on the show, <laughs> they are easy. <laughs> you're a former guest on the show, and you're listening to this right now. Sorry, not sorry. You're a pussy. Okay, it takes two seconds to make a fucking mojito. Right. <laughs> I do, now I don't love the mojito effect. I don't, and that is a real thing. Right, it is a real thing. Everybody's got to have a mojito because we can't come up with something unique to do on our own. But I am. I love making them. 
It's a great drink, dude. And I make them well, too. That's right. the other thing. That's right? the thing. Like, I, I make a great mojito. It's like, well, I want everyone to try because it's really fucking good. You're going to mm-hmm. like it. You're going to like it. You know? Right. So. Yeah. Um, Man. Wrong. Bad drink order that we've had. Sorry. I got to... Re- I'm trying to remember what my last answer was. Riley's in the corner. Yeah, she's, 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 she's in the corner a, she's, reading a book right now. So. <laughs> she's a producer this on this like episode. She's like, who wants to be a millionaire, and she's your lifeline? I love that. She's going to be like that. your, your, That's a great your analogy. immediate resource. Oh, I'm going to grab another beer. Oh, thank you. Uh, I'm glad you like so, that analogy. Okay, so she just brought this good point. So uh, more plug in my own personal shit. Riley and I also have a YouTube channel called Alchemix Bar where we talk about cocktails and drinking. And we have segments on there where we do unusual customer drink unusual customer drink orders okay. i've had people order um oh wait uh, hold on i've had people order this one woman came up to me and she goes can i get kalua and orange juice and i thought she just wanted a shot right because i know that kind of tastes like a tootsie roll nope she wanted it like in a double rocks glass like as a cocktail, a cocktail. And on the second one, I go, man, you really like sweet drinks. He goes, no, this isn't that sweet. I go, no, you are getting like the two sweetest ingredients humanly possible. <laughs> and then I had this one guy order uh, black velvet and Red Bull. Um, and then. Oh, Christ. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Jesus. It's not good. Because we would make these drinks and try them on our YouTube channel. Like, yep. And then I had someone order. um I found out, okay, I've been bartending now for almost 12 years. Last year, I found out that there is a different version of a brandy old-fashioned. It's a brandy old-fashioned sour, so they use some sort of sour mix, and the garnish is pickled mushrooms and and olives. Man, you got to be at a very specific place for that. Yeah, what is it with these people from Wisconsin? And listen, I love you if you're listening, you're from the great state of Wisconsin, but... Is it a drink or is it the entire like appetizer sampler? Because right. some of these some of these drinks, the garnishes are just out of fucking control. I get yeah. it. Yeah, it's outrageous. Yeah, pickling things. Okay, you have Norwegian roots. Uh, enough is enough already. We got yeah. we got to put a stop to this. But are are, are Norwegians good at pickling? Is that a thing? That's a thing. Pickled herring, pickled. That, you know, like that's where the pickling process came from, <laughs> that Nordic Baltic area of the world. I don't know if that's correct. I don't know if the Norwegians were the ones to discover pickling. Uh, you'd be surprised, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I might be. I could be. I could dude, be my, surprised. My good but, friend, Lee, Leif Erikson the twelfth. Fuck <laughs> off! <laughs> shut up, Steve. Just shut the fuck up. Jesus so, Christ! Yeah, like that, I'm just like, what the fuck? You know? So it's just like, it, okay. The, the most annoying part of it is they act like that's a normal drink that everyone a regular, a regular thing. thing. And I go, no, that's yeah. just your home bar thing. That that's the unusual drink. It's like real, like educating them. Like, no, that's just a you thing. I had this one guy order a Manhattan at the so there's a restaurant in the hotel I work at. I was bartending the restaurant Manhattan. I made a Manhattan, you know, two ounces of rye, one sweet vermouth, and stir served up. But server comes back and says. Guy says you made it wrong twice. I'm like, oh, how did I make this wrong twice? I think, right? I think you talked about. I think this was your one. Sorry, go yeah. on. Yeah, and so uh, he goes. Uh, she goes. He, she goes. It needs to be shaken. I'm like, that is not a thing. You've already and, fucked up, sir. Right, and it needs to be served over ice. I go, okay. I get the ice thing. Ice are up. I get that, but the shaken thing, no. So I literally made it again the way he wanted to. Walked up to the customer and handed it to him. And this guy's like 80 <laughs> years old. And I go. 
So I heard you made your I heard I made your drink wrong twice. What part of Wisconsin <laughs> are you from? And he go and he said whatever city he's from Wisconsin. And he goes, "How did you know I'm from Wisconsin?" I go, "Because this is how Wisconsin people order the drinks. Really odd." <laughs> Man, we are going hard on them, but it is. Yeah, I'm so sorry, Wisconsin. <laughs> no, Matt, it's okay. like, it's nothing to do with it. It's just, man, you guys and your fucking cheese fucking just go weirdly weird on this shit. Listen, I, I think Wrangles. What, what part of Wisconsin are you, bro? How'd you know I was from Wisconsin? I think Matt Wrangle said it <laughs> that's, best. that's fucking hilarious. Uh, we we kind of pressed him on, you know, he mentioned there's there's this really unique way of doing things and making yeah. cocktails up there. And I said, but why? But why, why is right? there this? Yeah, what happened there? And, and I said, but wh- what is it? And and uh, his answer was really, it's a necessity thing. Like, it, it came out of the fact that, like, it, you know, these are small local communities. And we kind of came up with things based on what we had available. And it's and fucking we, cold as shit outside. Right. So if you're going out, it's, it's, you're res- going out for a specific resor- thing. They're resourceful. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. the iteration of resourcefulness three generations in is a complete loss of what is a colloquialism and what is literally a Wisconsin version of the drink. Right. right? <laughs> um, and, and that's, I, I also I just I love that you have the, the, the fucking nerve to walk out like, you know what you're doing. You get you have to go to the table. Oh, excuse me. 80 year old man who's never going to change your ways at this point yeah. in time. I just wanted to let you know that you're full of shit. And where are you from in Wisconsin? That's <laughs> that's fun. That's that's the pleasures I get out of the little things. I'm OK. You know, <laughs> two things. Number one. Well, I, see, I think the I'd, one thing is you're. You have to realize you have to realize carl that 80 year old wisconsinite did not have access to youtube like we do right. okay so we have we have the luxury of being able to figure out whether or not we're full of shit by you know just typing a few things into a search bar and uh and he did not he did not but so. i'll tell you what he did have his grandkids got him one of those digital picture frames for mm-hmm. christmas the year before <laughs> and when he got home from that trip down to iowa to the hotel julian and he loaded up all those pictures onto there when he got to the one that showed your bar, he was like, you know, we had a great trip, except for this punk ass shit ass <laughs> bartender trying to tell me how to drink my Manhattans. I mean, I'm from Wisconsin. You don't think I know how to make a Manhattan? Um, no, seriously, Carl, I, I feel like I've needed a Carl spirit animal so many times in my service career to just be, you know, to just really just be like sarcastically. Uh, you're an idiot. Go fuck yourself. Because yeah, I great. either explode or like, I repress. Ple- like ple- it's like pleasantly confrontational. Yes, you know? that's I had, a uh, great description. Yes. Yeah, a super. I'm not going to say the whole story, but basically, I handled this customer. They left, and this other guy at the bar looked at me. He's like, "You're the most passive aggressive bartender I've ever met in my <laughs> life." And I go, "Thank you, thank you so much." That is the nicest thing anybody could ever <laughs> say to you. That is so kind, yeah, right? Like that's what, what, what I want. Thoughtful gesture, right? You know. And so he just oh laughed, and God, everyone else the table laughed. It was a great time. So I love that. I love that. Um, all right, let's keep it going. Mike, team up for number four. God, we're only on number four. All right, this is the, no, this is going great. Or as I'm loving we call it. it. The quattro. Yeah, yeah. Question number four, or as Steve calls it, the quattro. <laughs> Mistakes and fuck ups. So these can be your own. These can be uh, your coworkers, or these can even be other servers, bartenders you've seen out in the wild. Uh, but we just want to hear about people crashing and burning. 
Oh, man. Like, I should have really listened to that other podcast that we did together and just, like, know some of the stories that we did. But um, <laughs> Bonus content, people. Subscribe to the Patreon. It's coming right. out. <laughs> man, most fuck-ups I've seen. Yeah, some sometimes we look at this as like people dropping trays or yeah. you know just completely you know uh, didn't you have a breaking the ice class? Yeah. No, no. I think no. I had a couple of those. Um. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Breaking yep. the ice no, class. Right. Breaking the glass. Right. Yep. I. It happened to me. Tw- okay. So when you break ice, or I'm sorry, when you break glass in the ice, you need yeah. To, I said break yeah, ice glass. Yeah. You need to destroy that ice because you don't want to serve it because you don't all you know right glass yeah, shards. you don't want some you don't want some 80 year old man from wisconsin to right. you know you fucking you know accidentally fucking you know puncture his internal organs from drinking his fucking right. <laughs> manhattan on the rocks so yeah um at the hotel i work at you know we're decently busy but the nights that we're super busy is usually hot major holidays because we have a band and we're packed and you're just pumping out drinks I have never broken a glass over ice except for here, and it's been three times, and it's always in the middle of the busiest fucking time it ever happened, and the first two times was my fault, right? Like, I set the, I'm trying to set the, uh, the gra- or the glass on the, on the workstation or whatever, and it falls right over in the ice and breaks, and I'm like, fuck! So I gotta yell at my fucking bar back to go get hot water, clean it all out. And isn't 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 your bar back also the bouncer? He, am I remembering this wrong? Right. He's also my bouncer. So <laughs> <laughs> so now so now just you know miners are flooding into the right, bar at the same time. In, so right, you can't keep the stampede of twenty year olds coming in from our bar. And so well, Chuck E. Cheese closes an hour earlier than you guys. <laughs> right, exactly. Chuck E. Cheese closes, and then everybody heads over to the whole the Hotel Julian. After and so uh, the first two times were my fault. And this past New Year's Eve, I'm like trying to tell myself, "All right, you're not gonna fuck up this year. You're not gonna, you're not gonna break any glass over the ice this year." And it's getting close to midnight, and this guy orders three glasses of wine and something else. And next thing I know, I turn my head to go look at someone else's happening. All of a sudden, I hear, "Fuck!" Crash! Boom! This guy knocks over all three glasses. Or a guy at the bar. Guy at the bar who's sitting right in front of my station, and the glass doesn't look like it went into the ice. But I'm like, I I don't know. You can't. I tell. can't tell. Yeah. And so I have to stop. Can't and chance my, it. Can't chance it. And again, we're getting fucking rocked. And it's just like, are you fucking kidding me? And the guy just keeps apologizing. I go, sir, just quit apologizing and go away. Like, just just go away. Like. And we but talk- he, if I remember correctly, he didn't go away, though. He did though. not go away. He stayed See, there for the two hours. This is the thing. If you- <laughs> he sat there uh, and he just kept, he just kept apologizing, uh, right? As you're continu- you're cleaning up, you're making drinks. Uh, man, I'm just, I'm just so sorry, right. man. I understand <laughs> guilt. Guilt is a weird thing, and I understand that we are all processing it like loss in a very unique way. However, let me do you, you all a favor. If you fuck up at a bar, please... Don't spend 20 minutes apologizing to me. I've got yeah, other don't. shit I've got to do. Right. Say sorry once and get away from me. Don't Maybe. Say sorry and then slide a 10 or a 20 right. across walk the bar away. and then walk away. Walk away. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. Just like because we have short-term memory, right? Because we have other things to deal with or, or work on or move forward with. So, um, But then also, I also remember, too, uh, the... This company I used to work for, they had a catering company and several restaurants. Uh, long story short, I don't remember how we how I got to this point. I just remember I was carrying a tray of shit, of drinks, 
and someone like pushed their chair out in front of me. They didn't know I was coming around the the table, and they pushed it out. And you know, like, you kind of like move your hips and your arms move out at the same time. Uh-huh. I had a tray of drinks spill over this minor. It was all alcoholic <laughs> drinks, and I'm like, "Fuck me." Like, how did this just happen? Over the guy, over the kid, right? Over like the fourteen-year-old. Yeah, okay. and I'm like, you're never holding look, it over the empty chair. It, no, there's right? never an empty there's chair there's in never these an empty chair. It's and an old I, woman. Yeah, it's it's somebody on life support. You know, it's an amputee. It's a child with, you know, Aspergers. It's it's always it's always Jesus some, Christ. It's always the perfect scenario. Uh, yeah. Of the last person you need to spill shit on every and so, time. It's so funny because then they look at me like I'm the asshole. It's like what? Like, of course, I tried. You know, and I, you know, of course, you, you gotta pay for now. All well, I don't pay for it. We comp them right, like six people's meals, like you know, you know, hundred dollars oh, or hundred and fifty dollars just comped and get. You know, they don't tip on it, which you know, like that's fun. And so I'm sorry, I don't mean to derail, yeah. but that is something that's important to talk about to where if you do get comped on, uh, you know, a meal for whatever reason, you still need to take care of the server on what the original tab would have been, or at least close to and we it. We can say the same thing about discounted nights. I mean, it's discounted, a huge pet peeve. Of, discounted, yeah. It's a huge pet peeve of mine that, that if we're going to discount actually, food I can't, or drink. I, I can't remember if we've talked about that before have, or not, but like have. if you're going to discount food or drink, you need to be conscious that your tip is not on the discounted price. It's on the price that you would have paid if you didn't get the discount. I don't I don't think most people I don't think most people even would realize that. I think most people would don't. look at their check and they would tip they what don't. they think is appropriate on there that check. There are the few that are like, "Hey, I'm getting a deal, I'm going to tip more." I, that that's a mm-hmm. big one that I almost don't even get mad about because people are so dumb and uneducated on that particular Man, I don't even think it's that dumb. I think I think the the normal consumer going into a place saying, "I'm going to tip 20% of my bill." And the only reason I'm fucking coming in tonight is because you have discounted prices. Right. So I'm still going to tip 20% of my bill. Yeah. So I, 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 don't, I, th- I think, honestly, I think that one's kind of a gray area. I, think, I, I, the, I think it depends on what the how you get it, right? Like if you've got like a buy one, get one free coupon, and you're only tipping on the the one you're paying that's for. A different that's story. a different story. If yeah. it's especially you know like, hey, I'm running like $3 drafts, that's I'm okay with whatever you do, right? Yeah, because you might only be coming in because of that special offer. Yeah, I, I still think you should tip more, but I'm just saying I can understand the right. the other I'm person's point of, a of view. Night, Mondays, burger night, Wednesdays, whatever right. that kind of thing. You you came because you know the special. You're already receiving a benefit. We're doing it for you every week. That right. doesn't mean that that our bar staff should deserve less. We're not trying to discount their pay. We're trying to give you a good deal. So come in for it, but tip them properly. I didn't mean to go on this tangent. I was actually really trying to get to another thing. Carl, we haven't talked about this in 15 episodes probably, but when we first started the show, a really common theme was when people would fuck up, they would get tipped more. And yeah, yeah, you're right. We haven't talked about that for a I while. I have always, always wondered, what if a bartender did a social experiment and leaned into it and fucked up on every single check, every last one of them on purpose, to see if their tip percentage would skyrocket? Because sometimes the pity tip, the pity tip is a 40% or 50%. Yeah. It's crazy shit because they feel bad for you. You didn't experience this on that table, but have you experienced that before? Uh, okay, so 
Well, well, hold on. Well, Carl doesn't fuck up. We need yeah. to we need to no, clarify I fuck that. Up, right? but I, I guess I take too much pride in what I'm doing. I can't fake that. I'm like just fucking up because I'm fucking up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, you wouldn't. You no, we don't do expect you to. Yeah. yeah. So I will. Okay. So on a tangent of that, I I uh, used to work at Domino's when I was 18 year old. 18, I would you know deliver pizzas, and they would give you a name tag, and then they gave you another name tag that says in training. I wore that in training name tag for you a year. You son of and a, a half. bitch. You savvy little fuck. Because <laughs> you know, play, brother. Because people would tip you more because you're in training. And eventually. Oh, you're new? Hou- Good job, Carl. Yeah, eventually you have to take yeah, it off. No, I would never <laughs> it's take like, it what, off. It's like, are you fucking slow or something, dude? Like, like, what's going on? It's like, wait, you're still in training? It's been like six months. I'm like, I'm a, lo- I'm a slow learner. I don't know. Carl, you've been <laughs> delivering a pizza to me and my family every Friday night for. <laughs> Six months. You're not in training anymore. <laughs> I'm so. I still haven't figured it out. I had uh, when I lived in Baltimore. I had a student driver sticker that wow. I had on the back of my car. <laughs> Smart man. Yeah. I was still a fucking better driver than 99 percent of the people that lived in Baltimore. Well, yeah, get the fuck. Get the fuck out of the passing lane, you stupid cunts. God damn Everybody it. Everybody knows the three worst drivers in the entire world, right? Do we all know this? No. It's oh, Baltimore. Okay. No, the three worst drivers in the entire world are anybody from Florida. That's number one, number because they've only driven on flat roads and they oh. and they've only driven on a grid and they're also they're from fucking Florida, and right. so you know there's a lot of factors there that if they drive anywhere outside of there they can't handle it. Um, number two is drivers from New Jersey because they're not taught how to turn left or pump their own gas or they don't have shared turning lanes there, right? You know they have jug handles and things like that, so they go anywhere outside of New Jersey and it's a fucking clusterfuck. And then the third is people from Maryland. And the reason why people from Maryland are shit drivers is because if one fucking drop of rain falls, it is like the end of times. They forget that their car can drive in the rain. If it's windy, if the sun is not shining and it's 80, they cannot fucking get the vehicle to go. Here's my uh, here's here's my main thing. I don't give a shit where you come from. Just stay out of the passing lane, for God's right. sake. I mean, there there are so many reasons to not drive in the fucking passing lane. I don't care if you want to drive slow on the highway. Just get the fuck out of the passing lane. That's all that I ask. Well, speaking of uh, speaking of driving, I need to take the reins back again. Grab the wheel because yeah. What do you want to talk about? Five guys some more. I would love to. Do you want? What do you? What do you order? Because I get what <laughs> I get. Is the, I get the fucking fifteen minutes on fucking fast food restaurants. You dumb bitch. Fry and I get a chocolate banana milkshake and it's wonderful. Every time. All right. Question number five. This is health code violations. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, as we always say with this category, Carl, protect the innocent. And the guilty. Yeah, especially the guilty. To protect the guilty. Uh, I'm not going to protect anyone on this story. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to come at anyone, come at me. Don't come at these two beautiful human beings. Oh, thank you. It. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, Buffalo Wild Wings when I was working there. Yes. And, um, it's not even that bad. Like, it's not even, it's just a normal thing that you don't realize is a thing until it happens. But when you work with pop and other sugars and, you know, uh, additives and stuff, your lines, your drain lines are going to form bacteria and backup and stuff. And we didn't know, like, why are these lines backing up? And no one wanted to clean them. And I was the only motherfucker that was willing to clean them. And you just pull out these, like, so, like, your drain line is, like, a half-inch rubber tube that goes down to the, I don't know what you would call it, but the 
the pour out, the drain out, or whatever. Yeah, like the. Dump, Are you speaking yeah, specifically drain. about like the soda the guns soda and gun, stuff? The the the, the yeah. trays where the pops would like you would pour your mm-hmm. you know sixteen ounce. Which and and for any of our inter- international listeners, pop is midwestern slang for soda and coke. Not so even just slang. so you know, I know I love it. It's I love, I love, I love what he what he was saying pop because there's there's literally a fucking car wash down the road uh, from me that says get a car wash, get a free pop. That's their gimmick. <laughs> just, That's their I know slang. other. Other people from different places in the world would be like, what, is that like a happy ending or something? No, like, what what exactly is that? <laughs> you have to wash your car, but then a, a large Kansas man punches you in the mouth. <laughs> but yeah, it was just clean out those things because like you just pull out all this like gunk and junk. And again, like we didn't realize that was a thing until like you're just mass producing soda and beer lines all the time. But like saying like oh i worked for this company they didn't do this or that i would say the biggest thing is uh not labeling shit and trying to figure out like oh how long has this been open for you know yeah but, like, how old is this salsa right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's only three weeks old it should be good yeah. but i mean like i know like this is probably this was always the question i was like oh, i don't really have those because like, i always kind of always worked except for buffalo wild wings in this past 12 years i've always worked a little bit higher in establishments where things just kind of get done the way it should be. You know what I'm saying? No doubt. So. No doubt. And I, I think that we had a similar reaction from a lot of our guests in Vegas where, my God, you can't survive without being policed on every little thing you do because, right. uh, you know, the standards are so high in that town. I think the same thing goes for any higher-end craft um, or higher-end establishment. Hotel Julian certainly fits that mold where – one of the reasons you've gotten to that point <laughs> is that you've done, uh, you've cleaned <laughs> and you've stocked properly and you follow uh, the rules and you and and you're conscious about like cleanliness and prepping and how we're going to store and contain things. So, um, yeah, honestly, the the best answer to this to question number five, health code violations, is no answer. Like that's what everybody wants to hear. But we also know that, you know, when we worked at the diner and this is no slight towards the diner because the diner did not approve this. But I saw so many fucking health code violations there. I committed many health code violations sure there. I fucking I'd fucking flop pickles down on the goddamn, uh, you know. Uh, chafing dish of uh, coleslaw, scoop it all out with my hands oh, and eat yeah. that shit while I was on shift, touching people's plates, touching money. I once saw a cockroach uh, covered cool. in Caesar dressing crawl out of a chicken Caesar salad as I set it onto the table um, <laughs> at the at the diner. It was pretty incredible. Um, yeah, I mean, I've seen some crazy ones. I mean, the the ones for me that blew my mind is when I was working at like, you know, some of the bars and restaurants in in college, and I was. You know, one in particular uh, is a famous bar from West Virginia called the Rusted Musket, if anybody knows, shout it out. Um, You know, we would have, no lie, two-hour waits for a sandwich, and people would wait because that's how popular these particular sandwiches were. And um, constantly, if, uh, you know, if you walked back into that kitchen, no gloves, people smoking a blunt while they're, (laughs) they're putting butter on the bread, I've seen, you know, I've just seen them pick up meat and toppings with their hand, you know, just hands, put it right on that, like all kinds of crazy. Sneezing, you're going to get us sued. 
Oh, they're you know, out of business. Maybe that's maybe business. that's what this podcast needs some uh, litigation. That's finally going to bring I've us into the public that. eye. The, Mike, the day that we've made it is the day that we piss somebody off enough to where <laughs> I know, I thought, somewhere I've actually someone thought in about Buffalo Wild Wings corporate goes, I can't take this any longer. Okay, we have to <laughs> shut this fucking show down. All publicity is good publicity. Yes, sir. Let's go. <laughs> well, I love that. That depends. Yeah, love it depends that. on whether or not you well, come back from it, but. <laughs> No, I love that. So, uh, no, so this has been great so far. So uh, I, I think we're coming up to our halftime. Is that right, Steve? Right. Yeah. Uh, why All don't right, we so a- let's take a quick uh, – sh- shut up. Shut your shut your little mouth. Shut your little mouth. Shut your little mouth. So let's take a quick break, and then we're going to come back with the second half of the gauntlet. This episode of the Bartender Ramp Podcast is brought to you by CIC PowerBox, your all-in-one portable power solution for AC electric, compressed air, and heavy-duty jumpstart. Our patented technology provides silent and emission-free power that recharges while you drive. With customers ranging from farmers and contractors to highway departments and military bases, the CIC PowerBox name has been put to the test for over a decade in the hardest-working environments. Whether you're working remote or have limited access to a power source, CIC PowerBox will help you get the job done. Call us at 802-468-7697 or visit CICPowerBox.com to view our product line. CIC PowerBox. Wherever you go, go with power. Okay, we are back. What a halftime it was, Carl. I hope you're ready for the second half of the gauntlet. You have been masterfully maneuvering the first five questions. Before we get into question number six, I have a very important uh, inquiry for you. Ranch or blue cheese, Carl? Ranch or blue cheese? Ranch, and there's no other <laughs> denial about that shit. <laughs> Carl. Carl, what we've we've because we've already recorded this, Steve and I have already had to come to terms we with this answer. So once again, so I'm not going to fake like I didn't already know this. But buddy, why? Look, if you, you like have... blue cheese, that's on you, right? <laughs> like if you like Wisconsin old fashions, that's on you. I don't really give a fuck. But <laughs> fucking blue cheese is the Wisconsin old fashion of dressings. Is that what you're trying to say? Don't make me stuff your olives with blue cheese. Don't make fuck me... you, Carl. <laughs> fuck you. I hate olives and I hate blue cheese. So see, well, you, you know just don't understand. At the end of the day, you're still gonna give me thirteen dollars, and you're still tip twenty percent. So drink your drink, right? <laughs> but I will say this: I am not like that person that just puts ranch on everything, right? Like I don't understand that ranch has its purpose, right? Some hot wings, maybe some fries, and that's about it. I yeah. don't need it. Can or pi- pizza you? crust, right. pizza crust. Well, it's great on pizza something? crust. If you no. were the person that put well, I'm no. Anyway. If you were the person. <laughs> That put ranch on everything, I wouldn't judge you. I would still love and accept you for who you are. And my I problem, call bullshit on that. Bullshit. No, I, would, <laughs> I call bullshit. I would, I would love and accept you for who you are. My problem is is the people that for some reason think that because I eat stinky little blue cheese, that somehow I'm a lesser man. And I, I, I don't appreciate it. Look, we all enjoy different funguses in different ways, right? I enjoy my <laughs> I enjoy my psychedelic fungus. You enjoy your cheesy fungus. That's fine, you know. Like, it's you know, it's funny. One of the first times that I didn't eat psychedelic mushrooms because I've never done drugs in my entire life. They tasted so bad that I literally was dipping them, not dipping them, in ranch <laughs> to get them down my fucking gullet. 
<laughs> and that was a fun that was a fun car ride. So no doubt, no doubt. But no, like, right, I well, get I get you are right though. People like I have seen some ranch lovers hate on blue cheese lovers. It's like, but it's prejudice. Like, fuck, it's, pa- you know? like, it's, it's passion that's turned to prejudice, and I just want to reel it back into passion. <laughs> that's the part of the Venn diagram I want to I, I want to hang out with. I will the, also the, say the though, ranch lovers that w- do not judge cheese, others. Blue cheese lovers kind of seem like they're like that elite ivory school lovers. Like what? That we think we're better. It is totally elitist. I've argued with Steve about this. We are the we are the elitists. We're like you ranch lover. Ranch has its It's place. It's like you IPA fucker beer drinkers. Like oh, I like (laughs) IPA. No, no. you've got this. Come on, you can't you can't stuff a fucking olive with ranch dressing. Let's be honest, okay? There is a difference. I'm not talking about stuffing olives. I'm talking about sauce. And here's the thing. I love ranch. I put ranch on a lot of shit. But I'm just saying that blue cheese is important, delicious, and it has its place. I, I'm an equal opportunity sauce man, okay? There are certain sauces that I don't <laughs> All right. like. All right. Okay? How about okay? Oh. How about this? Well, go ahead. The, Sorry. Listen, blue cheese people are the everyman, okay? That's what we are. We're the glue of our communities, okay? <laughs> One chunk at a time Shut is what I always up, say. Steve. What were you gonna say, Carl? I don't even know because that's like the most disturbing <laughs> thought I've ever heard. Is one chunk at a time. <laughs> like, that's how you. That's how you grow community. All right, let's get let's get back into it. Question now that I've disoriented them. Uh, question number six: Ratchet and crazy customers. Um, now listen, these can obviously be obviously be customers that are wilding out. They're acting ridiculous. They've made mistakes and they're leaning into them, but. Mike, explain to you, this can also be some customers that maybe left an impression. Yeah, we had to expand this category because not every customer that you remember years and years later is someone that was ratchet or crazy. Sometimes you just have memorable customers that maybe left a good impression uh, that you might want to shout out in this segment. Mm. So, I mean, uh, okay, so I think the biggest ratchet customer I ever had actually happened last year at the Hotel Julian. At Christmas party. And if you've never bartended at a Christmas party, it gets out of control because usually the tab is open to where people can just drink as much as they want. And if it's an open tab, excuse me. So if you go to anywhere and it's open tab, you drink more than you usually do. And so we had this private party off in an area. They were drinking obnoxiously and they come over. That party ends. They come to the bar I work at. So it's now it's a different venue in theory, right? And so anyways, I already had like 40 people at the bar, in the bar. And now I just had 40 more just walk in. And I'm the only bartender. These people felt so entitled because they were just at this private party. And their boss and their boss spent thousands of dollars. So where now I should just take care of them and say, fuck everyone else. I remember I was taking this woman's order, part of the group, and I was like, hey, what can I get for you? And this woman is just yelling at me like, hey, just listen to me. I need to tell you something. I need to tell you something. I'm just ignoring her. And I look, ma'am, I'll get to you in a second. And she just keeps yelling and braiding at me. And finally, she starts tugging on my shirt. Hell no. no, no, no. Don't, don't fucking touch me. I barely let my wife touch me, let alone a fucking <laughs> random person. I right, don't know. Right, hold on. Can we get confirmation from Riley on that She's one? She's no longer in the room. Uh, <laughs> um, that checks out. <laughs> so uh, I look at her and I go, I am taking her fucking order. 
don't touch at me and don't yell at me. I don't care what you have to say at me right now. Like, and she keeps, keeps trying to like say, you know, and I go, I don't care what you have to say right now because it's not important. And so anyways, they keep just, this one lady keeps arguing with me the entire night. And then it's one of those people like, you know, when you like, you take your like bottle of middle light and you just kind of stick it like ahead of you, like on the bar, kind of like in the well, kind of like right on the edge. Right. right Like I need another one. I'm ready to go. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is fine. There's people out there like when I put my beer, this is, this is the same group of people. It's not a different story. This is the same group. This guy goes, hey, when I put my beer out here, that means I need another one right now. And I go, oh, thank you oh, for educating yeah, me. I've never I appreciate the edification. Right. Oh, it's my second day. Thank you. And I go, I Katie understand Sands that. Katie Carl trainee under my name. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. you, you did. You, you sold the trainee right. sticker on you, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm by myself. Too, right. And so I go, I understand how it works, but I just don't stop what I'm doing just to fulfill your beer. And they go, well, maybe you should stop making fancy drinks. And I'm like, oh, I go, this is what we do here. But across the street, they'll be more than happy to fulfill your Miller Lite needs. (laughs) And so they just kept getting just again, they're super fucking wasted, drunker than they usually are. And, you know, we're getting irritated. So anyways, and and entitled, entitled, right? Because they just think they spent thousands of dollars over there. That just comes over here. So fuck these common riffraff. Right, exactly. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like we deserve special treatment. Exactly. And so I already know like this is not going to end well for me with the report because usually they'll ask the private parties how was everything, right? And so they forwarded me the email. The whole email was fine except for the last three sentences were like, the riverboat lounge bartender was rude. How would you hire someone that was disrespectful, blah, blah. And they asked me about <laughs> it. I go, you can go look at the tapes between this hour and not tell me this lady touched me. She was in the bar area doing all this. I go, I don't care what you guys say. Like, I'm not your fucking child, and I'm not your yeah. partner. Do not talk to me in this way. I'm a human being, and I don't fucking care. Yeah, and you're doing your fucking job to the best of your ability, right, exactly. too. Exactly. Like, I'm sorry. It's not like you're just fucking twiddling your thumbs behind the bar not doing yeah. anything. You're fucking busy running around. Making right. Drinks. Right, you, exactly. you know that what is so odd about the story is, is that when they tell you well, why you stop making fancy drinks, those fancy drinks were for other people in their party. Yeah. Which right. is no, no, no. Carl, Carl was just making fancy drinks for fun, right? And just sitting <laughs> just about for myself, taking pictures just for of myself. Them. <laughs> Yeah. No, what's but crazy is those know. fancy drinks were for other people that weren't even part of their party. Because, like, you know, again, oh, okay. yeah. so when you're when I'm that busy, I'm just doing laps, right? Like, I'm just starting one and just kind of going around in a circle. Like, I'm not paying attention mm. to who comes in first. I'm not, like, just, like, going back and oh, forth. Oh, okay. I didn't understand laps that. to be a fish. Sorry, I, I didn't thought explain everybody, it very well. No, no, it's okay. I thought everybody well, he should have rem- He should have remembered it from the first I time. I yeah. part of the same Christmas party. But still, <laughs> regardless, that doesn't change anything. Be patient. He's literally, right. you see him doing work in front of you. And you know what? I, look, look, if you're, at, if you're at a place that's busy and you know it's taking a while, guess what? Order two fucking drinks at a time so you, you don't have to there wait. There you go. You know, there but. you go. If you're trying to get lit, get lit. Um, get lit. You know, it's one of the great joys about us uh, fucking up this first recording and then doing it for a second time is since then, there have been new stories in my bartending life. 
Carl, I actually thought. Oh, thank God. Wait, Steve, you have a new story to share with everybody? I just wanted to share. Thank God. This isn't going to be like a three-hour episode. Let's hear what you have to say. Mike, Carl and I are doing a thing here. That's great. Could you do me a favor? (laughs) Just mute yourself. Thank you. Um, Can we hit the mute? I'll go for a cough break. You know what? You keep doing the cough break. You could just literally (laughs) click the on and off button on your microphone, and then you wouldn't have to walk out of camera. Oh, you didn't think of that one? I don't want to cough. I don't want to cough on the fucking Google Hangout, you asshole. I'm trying to be considerate. I'm sure that's going to help the cough, you fucking asshole. You're a piece of shit. Shit. Look, I, very quick, Carl. I actually thought about you the other day. Thank you. I went into, I went into uh, this past Sunday, a week ago uh, uh, from today, and I went in to open the bar, and we're getting ready for brunch service. And one of the other bartenders goes, "Hey, Steve, did you see that uh, review about you?" And I get all, I get all like cheeky. <laughs> oh yeah, did somebody love me because I'm awesome? They were like, "No, <laughs> they fucking hate your guts." And I was like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, pull it up. And turns out there is this like two paragraph long review about how we love Das. This is a great place. But there's this one stock. Put that bald motherfucker there. This one bald white stocky bartender. That's what I always get. Bald white guy. Um, (laughs) So you have you have other bald non white guys that work there. (laughs) Uh, We have one. We have one bald black guy that works there. But um, no, it's funny because she goes on this diatribe about how. First off, the first paragraph is how amazing Das is. You should go there. Right, Food's yeah. great. Drinks great, right? And then the next paragraph is all about how much I suck. And it ends right. with, <laughs> yeah, I came up to the bar and I tried to get an order and he looked right at me and said, I'm in the middle of a conversation. And then he just ignored me. And so I see this <laughs> review and, and I'm like, oh shit, like I really care about this place. And so I immediately text the owner and I'm like, hey. I just saw the bad review. I'm so sorry. That is not what happened. And he goes, oh, don't worry about it. He's like, I already pulled the tape. And he's like, he's like <laughs> he goes, that woman has given us like seven bad reviews over the years. She's, he goes, she's a fucking loon. What actually happened is I was in the middle of taking another guest order. And there's a little cutout in our bar that you can like walk up to. This mm-hmm. woman walks straight up, and you see it on camera how I'm in the middle of writing down the customer who's <laughs> in front of me order, and she walks up, grabs my arm, and starts just yelling at me. And you can actually see it on the camera, her giant mouth like a fucking Peanuts character going, And I remember, I, I just looked at her and said, I'm, in, I'm talking to someone, right? Like, I'm in the middle of taking an order, but... Um, it's just crazy because I've filled her drink within like two minutes of her being at the bar. I just had a moment where I was like, check yourself, bitch, you know, and, and dude, she, please, she please post that negative review of yourself on our really Instagram. Should. You absolutely should. You're mi- you, you're an idiot. I'm that's not good great at this, content. Dude, that's why we're going to hire Kayla. OK, the best the best <laughs> review I've gotten was a three star out of five. And it said I I'm, I'm now I'm going off memory right here, but basically the said was the drinks in the atmosphere were amazing but the bartender was salty because he dropped the f-bomb a lot i'm (laughs) I'm sorry okay you know that that's what like we're at a bar like what is this a nickelodeon cartoon hour and i'm not saying and i'm not saying fuck 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 you know but like it pops out you know whatever you know it is what it is we're adults like you fuck your wife right like let's go (laughs) (laughs) maybe that's a problem maybe 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 they don't get fucked yeah they make sweet sweet love (laughs) (laughs) all right well let's keep let's keep this category rolling uh number seven fights arrests and fires so this is when shit really pops off you see what people are made of um tell us about when things got a little squirrely at the bar 
So this is the same story, I'm pretty sure. Well, I was pretty drunk last time, but pretty sure it's the same story I'm going to tell. It <laughs> happened at <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, again, I've always more or less worked at a higher establishment, right? So we're, you know, we're not getting people like blackout drunk, unlike Steve is on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when I worked at Buffalo Wild Wings, you know, people are sitting there on Saturdays and Sundays just watching hours and hours of football. And so I don't remember how it got to this point, but I just remember there was like these three guys. They were like, it got confrontational and our manager on duty when to confront them about whatever, right? Like they're being too rowdy, too loud. I don't really remember exactly what the reason was, but next thing you know, there one guy and my manager got into a fight in the bar area. And all of a sudden you see again in the bar at Buffalo Island, it's all high tops. It's all high tops and high chairs. Right. And so you just see all these chairs and high top tables, just like splatter and just like move <laughs> off. And you're just like, yeah. what the fuck is going on? And they're like wrestling. Like, it's like wrestling. They're not really fighting. They're like, like college, high school wrestling. They're engaged. They they're are engaged. Arm in arm. Yeah. Right. And, you know, and then, you know, people break it up. Cops are called. And, uh, and, uh, excuse me. The guy's put in handcuffs. And then some of the kitchen staff come out to see what's going on. And a yeah. couple of the kitchen staff are black. And this guy's white. And all of a sudden, you hear this guy who is in cuffs say some sort of racial racial slur to the kitchen staff for whatever reason. It doesn't oh matter God. what the reason why is, but you just hear it, right? Like You didn't put enough Asian zing on my boneless wings, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> right, you know, and whatever it is. And all of a sudden, one of the kitchen staff goes up and clocks the guy in cuffs. <laughs> like, just... Fucking murders him. The guy goes down like fucking George Foreman, right? Just crumble legs and goes down. And then also you see this guy realize he just realized what he did, right? Because you could tell he didn't know what he was doing. And all of a sudden he goes, I just hit a guy in cuffs in front of a bunch of cops. (laughs) And he just fucking books. And even the cops were like, wait, what just happened? Like you could just tell everyone just like couldn't and and her like and then all of a sudden like who's that guy who you know where does he live and like he doesn't even work here we don't know no, we don't know like, yeah, 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 like, <laughs> I would right. deny 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 and stuff like that so it was it was insane eventually he got picked up later that day whatever charged uh, but I don't know like, why but when when you describe the way that he ran away or like when you describe the actual punch in my brain I see him like almost like punching this guy in cuffs and like looking at his fists like he discovered he had a superpower <laughs> and then taking off running like Napoleon Dynamite like with his hands at his sides just his legs like shuffling as he scoots out into the parking lot I don't know why but um, yeah. I I, I, lo- I love that story it's not like an easy target to really get your frustrations out. yeah <laughs> and well and I mean obviously it's not cool to punch somebody guy uh, somebody in uh, cuffs but um, yeah, that stress. guy was that. He was, dude. He was fucking asking dude, for it. The what? fucking kid. Like, the kitchen staff's not even involved. Right, they like, come out. And you're like, oh yeah, here's a racial slur for you. What the right, fuck do you I'm, expect okay, to like, happen? Yes, maybe did the kitchen staff come and irritate the conversation more? But like, it has. I'm not justifying anything at all, right? I'm just trying yeah. to like replay yeah. the because con- again, this happened like fucking yeah. 15 years ago. But again, they just came out just 
shit, what what's going on, right? You know, and stuff like that. But yeah, of course, yeah, it, it, yeah, dude, it was crazy. Like I'm like, man, I've never seen anything like that before. <laughs> also, just again, like here in little old Iowa, you know, that's the most excitement ever. This so, may be a, a hot piece take. Of shit I do want that to say guy right, was. Out, right out the gates. I'm not in any way, in any way, endorsing this man's behavior. He obviously behaved badly, and the racial slurs took it over the top to where it's like right. this guy's got to go. And frankly, I'm happy he got knocked in the face. How? Yeah. Ever, too, yeah. However, the blind confidence that one must have. Okay, this guy's balls have to be tucked into his socks because he is literally detained. There are police officers abound. Like you have lost, my friend. You are locked down. And now I'm gonna start screaming racial slurs at a at a group of cooks that weren't even involved in the original confrontation. That is insane. I I disagree with you. I think the balls on the on the kitchen staff who was insulted by a racial slur that should not have hit a guy in cuffs in front of cops. That was a dumb thing to do. Yeah. But the just the immediate reaction of you're wrong and I'm going to punish you for it. I totally fucking you empathize say, with that. You say balls. The guy the guy in cuffs, there are no balls. He thinks he's safe. Right. He has uh, cuffs okay, on. Nobody's a, nobody's allowed to hit him. The cops are there. He that's can do point. and say whatever right. the fuck that he wants. But that's how big his balls are though because he knows he Again, knows that. he knows he's in safe, so that's the balls. Because like, I can say whatever yeah. I want, right? Because I know I'm not going to get injured. Because the cops, are I don't do think, I, yeah, okay, fair, fair enough. I it, this is a semantics issue about <laughs> yeah. balls, and I, I, you know, I, I understand both right. points. Pittsburgh, I'm just saying, Kansas this, has this guy thought he was he, he, he thought at this point in time he's like I'm getting arrested, but I'm invulnerable at this point in time. So what's and funny? So what's not. funny is the guy who got arrested two days later he had cut, he had to come back up, pick up his credit card, and pay the rest of his tab that he left open <laughs> oh my god dude honest to god they should reduce his sentence just for that just for that humiliation because they basically um, told him they, he left his credit card come back and said and they had to say basically you're like you're banned here but you can pick up your credit card if you want yeah and and they auto graded that fucking tab <laughs> right yeah. Yeah. That's, I'm that's assuming all right, number eight, we call it the Ocho. It was originally the Sexy Lexi. It was just sex stories, but we have expanded this category. All right? Mike, explain to him what we have broadened question number eight to be. Yeah, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I mean, let's get a little metal with it, you know? Right. <laughs> we're doing, we're doing devil metal, horns. Devil I know, I know you can't metal. see it, people, but we're doing devil <laughs> horns on the camera. So, I think, man, like, I... I don't know if this is going to be the same story I told last time because I was really fucking drunk last time I did this. But Bonus content, people. That subscribe Nino, to the man. Patreon. That Nino get you. Yeah. Um, so, again, when you work at, like, a higher establishment, you don't be around a lot of these things, right? Because these things are done certain ways and you just kind of do it. Yeah, but you way. work at a hotel, too, though. So Yeah, but I work in my own little, like, I work in my own little bubble. I kind of stay to myself, right? So... The biggest thing I could say is when I when I was eighteen, I worked at an Arby's and uh, yeah, <laughs> I know. we got the meats. We got the meats. <laughs> I've always wanted to fuck a curly fry. <laughs> and I remember uh, these girls I went to high school with. They're like, "Hey, our this girl's coming back. She's going to be assistant manager. Blah blah blah. Her name's Melissa." I'm like, "Okay, I have no idea who the who who that is." And so, anyways. She came to work, and we started talking about music. We had the same appreciation for, like, alternative rock, new metal, 
you know, and all this other shit. Anyways, I started dating her and I ended up living with her when I was 18 years old. So my whole senior year of high school, I lived with my 21 year old girlfriend. Nice fucking baller, who was dude. Also, my boss at Arby's. That now, listen, <laughs> listen. I've said this many times on the show. It's never been more true than right now. That is fucking metal, dude. I was so like you know, like, you know, everyone's like, it's gonna turn out bad. Even our manager was like, I can't really let this happen, but because you guys are living together, I can't say you can't. You know, like whatever. And so, like everyone's like, oh, you're gonna get easy. No. I had to do the worst jobs possible just so nepotism and to like avoid all the nepotism <laughs> as a nepotism countermeasure. Yeah, <laughs> it was crazy. It's like, so I had all my friends get hired at this Arby's because like, let's go, let's go work at Arby's. It'd be fun. And then I started dating her. They all got the easiest shit in the world i always had to do like the dirtiest grummiest jobs she probably no i here's here's uh, my theory she fucking loved watching you probably do that dirty fucking oh, yeah. shit she's like yeah clean that fucking grime out you little bitch it's <laughs> all masochistic sex games at the arby's that's what i've always thought about when i think about arby's yeah so I mean, we that's, have the I meats mean, we also we have, have the bdsm <laughs> so how, how'd that situation play uh, out we lasted like a year and a half uh you know, I mean, it was fine. I, I mean, if we're gonna go in relationship status, I kind of sabotaged that relationship. I just remember we we're supposed to move out to uh, boy. Eureka, California, with her, and I was 18. I was scared to like move away from everything I knew at the time, so I basically told her, like, I don't love you anymore. I'm done. Like, I don't, I, I don't love. It. <laughs> I, I just sabotaged it, right? Because I did. I don't know what I was doing. Now I was like, oh, I kind of wish I would have moved out there with her. Right? No, don't. I'm so glad Riley's not oh, sitting no, there I, anymore. She knows. She knows. Trust me. Anything I say out loud, <laughs> I've no, told my But wife I mean, is. like, look, <laughs> but, you're look, right. I, I, I think people can relate to that. Like, you're 18 and the idea of an adventure is like, oh, that would be fucking rad. But then you're also like, I, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, like, I'm not the same person I was when I was 18, right? Like, yeah. I was, mm. I was more not insecure uh but just like i want to be around my friends a lot more right now i don't give a mm -hmm. shit now i'll go yeah. live by myself for fucking six months and don't give a shit you know what i'm saying so <laughs> carl when i look back constantly I, and i'm not somebody that carries really any regrets in life but it, it the one that i can sit if there's one singular one that i consistently go back to it's why was I so concerned about consequences? Right. The idea that this is yeah. going to be on my permanent <laughs> Jesus, record. shut the if fuck I, up, no, Steve. No, I'm serious. If I fail this class, it's the end of the world. If I don't follow this rule, it's the end of the world. I'm, Mike, I'm not kidding. I, I wish I would have pushed the envelope so much more. I mean, if there's one... I'm so, you'd be dead. Fuck you'd you. Be dead if I could now. tell 15-year-old me one thing, it'd be like, you know what? Don't worry. Hey, hey, fifteen-year-old Steve. Don't you worry about yeah, consequences. Man, light, light some things on fire. Get in handcuffs. You know, skin your knees. Get, get in some trouble. Hey, you know what? The beautiful thing is, you still have plenty of time. I don't know. I'm old now. What do you? What are you? What are you worried about now? Huh? Making rent. All right, let's keep it moving. Uh, <laughs> no, this podcast going to the moon. That's what I. What keeps me up at night. Um, Question number nine, hazing, pranks, and games. This is our favorite category. How do you pass the time when it's slow? How do you keep the morale up? Now, I know that right now you're very singular at your bar. However, I'm sure you've had some experience either with some hazing or, you know, just something fun to keep your yourself sane when there aren't any tables. So this is definitely... 
you know, I've listened to you guys' podcast for quite a while, and I'm like, ooh, I was ever on this. This is like my worst category, right? Because I don't know, like a lot of us didn't do all that shit. Like, I guess the worst it would ever have been would have been like when I worked at Taco Bell. They would be like, you got to go to the basement and go grab this, 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 and this. And then you're like walking around the whole restaurant looking for the door to get to the basement. And there is no fucking basement. <laughs> right? You and know? any Taco Bell, right? <laughs> no time, right? And then, like, then it started becoming like, oh, you need to go get the left-handed strainer or the left-handed mm-hmm. shaker. And you're like, what's the left? Like, you're, like, confused because you don't understand. And then you realize it's all the same, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. But this is, like, this is your guys' favorite category. This is, like, my worst category because I have no answer to, like, the the – the pranks or the well, let, let let's turn it let's turn it on you a different way right you're yeah. a lover you're a lover of music you're clearly passionate about uh, uh you know i let me rephrase that i see how your passions are very vibrant like i feel like when carl <laughs> loves something he's not like he's not like somebody like i love this band and i know a few of their songs he knows where their bass player is fucking from <laughs> right he knows what the guy looks like so he can find him in a crowd that's what i'm saying is i i fi- i think that when you do enjoy something it's with fervor and my question would be when you're at hotel julian and it's very slow and you're on your shift what do you do to kill time you have to do some stuff back there is it coming up with new cocktails is it um, you know, just throwing on some playlists of your favorite metal. Is it, you know, what do you do to kill time? Drink. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, like, I mean, there's always things to do, right? Like clean. I mean, that's a bullshit answer. If you have leaned, if you can lean, you can clean, right? But, um, <laughs> uh, you know, like, I got, <laughs> that's actually, that's actually, it would be a perfect uh, herd card game. Uh, card if it's already one if you can lean you can clean yeah, that is outstanding <laughs> uh, i can't wait to interview here her she'll be great but oh yeah chandler chandler's amazing yeah, yeah. I, like, I i know like it's just it's just weird because it's like maybe i got lucky by not working at you know somewhere but i will say this okay so i do remember one episode where you guys were talking to someone and they saran wrapped everything Right. Oh, that was it. Was cat. It was cat. Yeah. Right. They saran. She saran wrapped fucking everything, everything so, after getting the GM's uh, permission to do so. so. I, okay. So I did work at a brewery for a couple years, and there was this one bartender. She. Okay, I have nothing against people who drink on the job. Whatever. Right. It's just part of it, and if you can handle your shit, handle your shit. Mm-hmm. But when you open a bar at eleven in the morning, you can't handle yourself past noon. That's we got some issues, right? That's like, a problem. That's a problem. Yeah. And she thought she was just God's gift, right? She's this hot girl, just thought she could get away with murder, right? So if I was the closing bartender the night before, I would saran wrap not like everything like they would, but I would go a little bit tighter with my wraps, right? Like around the beer, <laughs> you know, and stuff like that. Juggling yourself as you're doing it. Right. You know, and then I would come in the next morning. I'd be the second bartender coming at noon and, and stuff. And she would sometimes complain, not knowing that I was the previous bartender. So she'd bitch to you about you about without realizing it was you. That is so satisfying. 
I bet I bet the whole time you're like, yeah, the guy's he, whoever that is, it sounds like a fucking well, asshole. Yeah, what are they exactly. doing? Because <laughs> like, she wasn't smart enough that she could just go look at the schedule and see who it was. And it was so funny. She's like, no, she was fucking too drunk. That's what I'm what saying. Like, she had no idea. It's so funny. Is, uh, she did get fired because she got caught tape on multiple times filling up her uh, personal bottles and like leaving work with it. So she'd fill up like these 64 yeah. ounce. And it's like it's like it's not the principle of you stealing. Like just tell us that's what you're gonna do. But she just kept doing it multiple times. So Yeah. But, well and it's not it's not like pouring a little shot in your drink. It's like you're taking a, well, you right. know, sixty four ounces of liquor hours. home. Yeah. Right, yeah, exactly. And you're gonna yeah. go out and go get fucked up, you know. So but I thought mm-hmm. I, guess, I was actually it was a nice surprise when you were like, She didn't know it was me and she came to me with the complaint. I thought you were gonna tell me that uh basically every day you'd come in, she'd be like, What is your fucking problem? Because then you have the small joy of knowing that when she opens and she goes to just, you know, open a cooler, unwrap this, unwrap that. She's like, God damn it, Carl. Not again. You know, <laughs> just I, I kind of wish it was claw. that because knowing that she would knowing I'd be coming into work like an hour later, she had to deal with me. But, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. but it was like, like, yeah, passive aggressive. Like that one guy said, I was a, a most passive aggressive bartender they met, you know? So I love that even more. I would love to be able to sit there while she complains yeah, about it and just be like, yeah, that's just, that's not fair that you have to deal with that. <laughs> just wrapping that shit up every night. There's that famous, uh, it's always sunny episode where there's that bar that opens up down the street. It's the most popular bar in Philly. And they go there and they're like, I don't understand. Why is this place so popular? It's so bright. The f- drinks were all fruity and, and shit like that. And they turn, they, it turns out that they love the place, right? And they're, the mm. Charlie's favorite thing is like the soap opera drama b- uh, between the bartenders um, behind the pipes. And I got to say, like, that is something I've always loved. I love walking into a bar that I've never been to before. You know, I'm not a regular, right? I'm a bit incognito. I order my drink. I order my food. And then as I'm sitting there, I'm watching a bartender and a bar back fuck with each other. And it is just mm-hmm. a small joy. Like, I'm never going to be part of that. Like, I don't even get the inside joke. But, man, I'm sitting here laughing my ass off just because of how you guys are, are giving it to each other. Um, I, I've always, always found that to be, like, a really fun part of the bar ecosystem as a customer. But, um, mm-hmm. all right. Carl, somehow, for the second time, you have made it to question number 10. You're a resilient motherfucker, more resilient than most, to put up with us and all of our bullshit here. So, uh, question number 10, firing and quitting stories, a.k.a. getting 86 Tell us a little bit about... I'm supposed to say that. No, I'm sorry. Mike, firing and quitting stories, what do we call this category? Getting 86. Oh, yes, that's right. Tell us about your stories about people going oh, out. And there, there's the, the train's coming, too, so there's an all drink. There it is. Woo, woo. Woo, woo. 86, you're living, people. <laughs> what liver? <laughs> okay, so I have two stories. One of My first time I ever got fired from a job, I was working at Burger King. And I only been there for a little bit. I was working drive through, and you know when you're 16, 17, when someone hands you a hundred dollar bill, that's like a lot. Again, right? Like that's a big dollar bill. And long story short, is a couple after I worked through drive through, a couple days later, the manager pulled me in and said, "We're gonna have to let you go. Your drawer was short, like ninety eight dollars. Blah blah blah. And all this shit because." You got three $100 bills and we can only see two. 
And I was just so confused and didn't know what was going on. And I had no rebuttals against what he's saying. I was like, no, I only saw two and all this other shit. So they fired me. Whatever. I don't care. I was 17. Three weeks later. And it was Burger King. It was Burger King, right? <laughs> like, it's not career changing at that point. <laughs> and no cops were involved, so who gives a shit? Right? Wait, the guy, the people from Taco Bell didn't call Burger King when they hired you Not at that time. <laughs> you didn't and need so, the Burger King resume for the application at Arby's. <laughs> <laughs> and so then I find out three weeks later that manager got fired for basically like embezzling money, I guess, or something, but basically stealing money from the company, and he was blaming other employees for shorting That's jobs. awesome. Yeah. And so it's like, are you going to get your job back? I'm like, no, because it's Burger King. I don't fuck, you know, like, I don't care. What a crazy scheme, though. Like, right. I'm going to hire 16 and 17-year-olds so I can steal money from their drawer, blame them, and then use them as a patsy. It's right. basically the formula of the FBI in the in like uh, in like the fi- the fifties and sixties. There's gonna be a fall guy for all of our bullshit. Right. Yeah. It's, Mike, that it, was, it was just weird. For you. And I, at the time, I you know like obviously if I could go back to my sixteen year old self and just like be who I am today, things would have changed. But at the time, I'm like, gives a fuck, right? It's like I don't want to flip mm-hmm. burgers anymore anyway. So good job. <laughs> so, you know what? I'll have I it my with- way, and I'll eighty-six myself. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Fuck off. So then I worked at Domino's, and and the location I worked at was the second franchise of the owners I was working for. But their main location, their home, was over an hour away from me, and so they never promoted me to assistant manager or manager. They just expected me to do all those jobs without giving me the title so they have to give me the money and at the time i didn't care because at the time i was just you know you smoke a bunch of weed i got all my friends hired we just make pizzas and hang out listen to music right so who gives a shit right i'm 18 mm-hmm. who cares but eventually like we start getting busy all the time and i like like when you have to tell someone like 90 minutes for a pizza you kind of feel bad about it, right? Like, you're like, man, <laughs> 90 minutes for a Domino's pizza is like a really long time. And so I would tell him all the time, the guys got to come up here, help me. I can't, we cannot handle what's going on. And they would never come up. And so eventually there was a weekend like, hey, we're coming up this weekend. And so I got all the employees, all the drivers and other employees. So like, hey, when they come up, we're going to hand in all our bags. I'll have them all counted. <laughs> And we're just gonna walk out. Fuck, dude. And just, and just fucking Rudy these Rudy, motherfuckers. Right. So everyone was on board except for this employee that was a week old. She had just been there for a week and didn't know what was going on. I'm like, look, you can do you whatever you want. You guys didn't let her in on the on no, the mass. We let her in, but didn't. she was just confused because she just didn't know what was going. Like, she, yeah, you know, she's she's she's, like, she's been there what? for a week. She doesn't know she you doesn't guys. Know yeah, all of us. And so she stayed because again, that's fine. Whatever. But we all walked out, and our I just remember watching our owners. Her name was Rita. I mean, she's probably still alive, so her name is Rita. And uh, we walked out. <laughs> and Unless that night at Domino's <laughs> fucking killed her. You never know. Oh, no, because like six weeks later, they begged for me to come back because. Oh, even after that's done? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. And I, that's like a month later. I'm like, I can't work for you guys. You guys' work ethics suck, you know? And so, but yeah, we just all walked out and changed it. Again, this is Friday night and they're about to get like pummeled with, you know, like it's five o'clock. So it's Friday night. 
And yeah, so that was probably the best like eighty six myself I've ever done. Is I so, got a and, team. but you 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 mainly did this because you had been working there and you'd been getting you know like you said pummeled time and time again. You couldn't handle right. it. You kept telling them and saying you needed help. They wouldn't help you. So the first time that they're actually going to be there, you were like, all right, we're going to give them a taste of their own medicine, Absolutely. basically. All right, like cool. look, like like. Did you? Did you? Wait, I have a question. Did you order a pizza oh, that dude, night? That would have been bothered, right? <laughs> you should have. Wow. Can I get it to go? Can I get it wow. to go? <laughs> yeah, I quit. Also, thirty minutes or less, pepperonis? bitch, or else that shit's free. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, it's crazy. So, what happened to the girl? What What happened to the girl that you guys didn't tell you were doing this? You well, I'm She's the She's the VP she's, of. Uh, right. of <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I didn't live in that. Uh, so that's a, my hometown. And so I moved away like six months later. So who knows really what happened. But yeah. Look, I mean, I'll say what I said last time. That's like being in a cult and nobody told you about the Kool-Aid. Not even right. like they didn't tell you what was in it. They didn't even invite you to the to the mixer. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're just like, I'm, ju- I'm just here for the pizza. Yeah, what the fuck, <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, that's great, though. I love the idea of like a. I don't even want to call it like Domino's fast food, but I love the idea of like a uh, baseline service industry employee just going rogue, creating an entire like political coup behind the scenes, rallying the troops, starting a union, you know, having meetings. Right. Like, we're going on strike from this Arby's. All yeah, right? I mean, like, I, I, I kind of have like a natural gift where I get people to do things they don't really want to do all the time. Yes. Right? Like that's like my X Men power, right? You know. Yeah. And like, you should people just kind of, you know, they just do what I you want. You should really so think fun. about moving to like South America and getting involved with some uprisings, man. There's some instability <laughs> Jesus down there. You might be gifted for that. Um, that is incredible. That is incredible. I'm sure Top Domino was not too happy with that move when they when they got the word, but. Uh, Unbelievable, buddy! What a what what a way to shut down uh, this category. There's probably no better eighty sixing than than manipulating your fellow coworkers into quitting with you in like a mass exodus. I I, I have to tip my hat to you on that one. Um, before we get you out of here, we have a couple closing questions. Uh, the first, we always like to call it the "How's Our Driving." This is the cleanup of the show. This is where you get to give us all of your recommendations. Um, so this can be anything from, Hey, you got to eat here. You got to eat there. You got to listen to this band, try this cocktail. It can also be maybe bartenders that we really need to have on the show or questions we didn't ask. So this is your time to shine. Give us some recommendations, uh, from your little corner of the hotel, Julian. Yeah. So, uh, a couple of people I'm going to suggest you guys have on the podcast is, uh, my fellow bartender, hotel, Julian. Her name's Carrie. She was the previous guest on our podcast. She uh, sends me a screenshot. She goes, hey, listen to this podcast. And it was your guys' podcast. Oh, really? We talked, <laughs> talked to Matt from Wisconsin. And I'm oh, like, that's great. yeah, I've listened to that already. She goes, oh, you know this podcast? I'm like, yeah, I, I know it. I'm kind of so on the show. Day at work, she goes, <laughs> she goes, oh, they just interviewed these people from Las Vegas. It was really good. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know all of that. She goes, really? You know these guys? I'm like. I'm actually going to be interviewed by him like Sunday night again for the second time. And so <laughs> anyways, uh, she's, uh, she's wonderful. She's been bartending for, uh, you know, I think 10 years now off and on, whatever. Like she she'd be really good. Cause she has a, you know, her own unique, um, spin on things. And then, uh, my buddy jet 
from Cedar Rapids. Him and I, like you know, I think you guys are probably each other's. But you know how you have that one friend where like you guys just get together and things just get out of hand really quickly. Oh yeah, I, I have several friends like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So my buddy Jet. Kind of yeah. a core group, <laughs> right? I'm ac- I'm actually I'm actually one of those friends for several people. So. Yeah, so am I. And so, but him and I get together, things just get out of hand. And my bar tended together, a lot of stories together. So he'd be another great guy to have. Um, I said Kuma's Corner out of Chicago Burger Place. It's great. I think they have one in Indianapolis. And if you're looking for fine dining, like higher end experiences or higher end experiences, uh, Spoon and Stable in Minneapolis. They have the 2022 U.S. Bartender Award. Bartender, her name's Jessica. She's amazing. Their food is stellar, and it's on point. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I love, I love that your recommendations um, span much more than even just the Buke. I think that's a really um, good sign that you love this business you travel you get out there you try some different things and that's what we should all be doing that's kind of why mike and i do the show so we want to give um a depiction of all these different little bar ecosystems and and great um options and food and drink and so i love yeah well I, yeah I, I loved interviewing you too because you know when people think of iowa they don't fucking think of craft cocktails right. and everything but you're you're a true blue bartender you know you've been in the game for a long time i know because whenever you started talking to us you were like do you guys even bartend anymore <laughs> <laughs> so but I, I love it because craft cocktail, you know, and a, and a good bar experience is not, you know, relegated to any specific place. You can find that in any any part of the world. And uh, I just think it's kind of cool to hear a little bit about, you know, some of the places in the Midwest and in Iowa that, uh, you know, can offer that experience that you might even expect in, you know, places like fucking Manhattan or something. Yeah, I so. mean, like if you're ever in Des Moines, Iowa, there's some good spots. Uh, Bartender's Handshake is a bar in Des Moines that I really like. Hello, Marjorie, uh, Jupiter Moon. I mean, they're doing really good cocktail things. Des Moines is is really on the up and up, and everything else is kind of falling. Chew it. I don't mean that in a negative way. Just what it is it is what it is. In There's got to be an right? area to lead, right? There has to be somebody to, yeah. to start. Exactly. Start the trend. So that's that's not surprising. I mean, Des Moines is the one that people seem to know, right? Mm-hmm. As far as Iowa is concerned, but um, what about you guys? Because I know you've been telling us since we started talking that there are there's some things happening in Dubuque to kind of expand the scene there. Yeah, I mean, so we got us, and then there's a place called Brazen, uh, Brazen Open Kitchen. Uh, their whole their whole thing is you know they don't have freezers; they make everything from scratch every day. Their lead chef was on a season of Top Chef. He was in the season wow. of uh, uh, Louisville, Kentucky. His name's uh, Kevin. Uh, you know, he didn't win. Yeah, I think he made it like halfway through. Uh, you know, but still, just to be on that is notable. Uh, he was nominated for a James Beard Award, or their restaurant was. And so they're doing great stuff there for food-wise. And their, bar, or their lead bartender, John, uh, he does great things. Uh, him and I are, you know, really good friends. We like to hang out. We, and, you know, we text each other all the time. And him and I are trying to change some of the culture here in Dubuque for cocktails. Again, we're we're going to be a beer town. That's never we're we're never not going to be that. But again, you know, him and I want other places to expand and stuff like that. So it it's definitely fun and challenging to to you know progress it in the cocktail world yeah. so it's like you know, turning, a, bar- turning a big ship 
Right. There's other bartenders too. Uh, Max, Nicole. Again, these are just first name people you guys are really going to meet. But you know, there's other people too. No, don't they, don't don't say that. You you never know. Right, you yeah, really never right, know. You never know. But there's there's some of us that are trying to all change together, and you know, and we're working together, and you know, we all hang out because at the end of the day, it's like we're just selling cocktails, right? Right. We're not selling blood diamonds. Because like, it, it, what's that? What's that saying? Like the the lowest tide of the brings the sh- all the ships up or yeah. whatever. Yeah, high tide ra- high tide raises all ships, and that's that's right. true. And and we mentioned this last time. My experience, the one that always I'll always uh, stick with me is Charleston, South Carolina, going there and seeing how hard it was to survive because every single bar and restaurant has either. Some piece of food that they do better than everybody else. Some cocktail that's unique to them. Some piece of atmosphere that no one else can replicate. It's just such a hard town to compete in. But guess who wins? The patrons. You know, mm-hmm. and if you have a great product, you'll be rewarded for it. I, um, you know, I, I think I think that that's like I think that's very special uh, when you can do that. But you have a really cool opportunity in Dubuque. It's a beer town, right? It's always going to be a beer town. But that automatically makes you niche right off the bat. It creates a special category that you can form and shape in the way that you want to shape it. Um, You don't necessarily need to be a brewery trying to stand out from all the other breweries in this beer town. Right. You get to be the guy that's, hey, I'm passionate about cocktails. If you are too or if you want to try a foray into something new, come over here into this tent. And I think that that makes it kind of cool and unique and special. Um, and, and it's a it's a road that you can cut all your own. Um, I, I love that, and I, I love uh, your passion for this business. So I'm really excited to, at some point, get our asses out to Dubuque and support you guys out there. And if you're close, please yeah, do and, so and, as well. Yeah, and before we get to the next couple questions to finish off the uh, the episode here, uh, give us your plugs again for your podcast. Yeah, and, please. And also, if you want, for your YouTube channel, too. Yeah, so uh, do you want to start a tab? All your normal socials, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and stuff like that. You'll find us. Uh, And then uh, my wife and I also have a YouTube channel called Alchemix Bar, where we review different spirits on cocktails. So, for instance, we'll take three non-Caribbean dark rums under $30, try them. And then we make a cocktail, and then she blind taste tests it. She see if she can tell a difference. So we're just showing you... Mm how important choosing maybe like the right rum or bourbon or gin for a cocktail does matter. You just can't substitute anything for everything. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's different. It's a little niche, but it's something like we like doing and, uh, gives us a chance to write off $8,000 worth of liquor a year on our tax return. <laughs> there you go. I love it. So, um, yeah, it's I mean, yeah, it's play, just, my friend. Yeah, it's it's. I'm lucky enough to have a wife who really supports me and what I do, and she enjoys what I do because I'm not saying like all wives don't support each other's partners, but she really. But they don't. Sometimes not all not all husbands or wives support each (laughs) other. Yeah, they don't. Sometimes they don't. But I'm lucky enough to my wife does support me, and you know what? There's some days she's just like, I don't want to drink cocktails. I get it, it, you know. So, but yeah, it's it's a yeah, you know. So. We're just here to have fun and uh, just like you guys expand the bartender life in any aspect that we can. Because, you know, like people like there's some people out there that think who think I am better than like a speed bartender. Right. Like, for instance, like you see. Right. Like they think like, do you think you're better than like, no, because those bartenders need to be there. 
I'm just not one of them. Like yeah. that's just not who mm-hmm. I am, right? And there's we need them just as important as us. And, I, I do uh, think yeah, it's, we get it's all lucky. different kinds of experiences. Right. Yeah, I, I do think unfortunately this business in particular, the people that work at it get uh, get lumped into a category. You are right. a bartender. You are a server. You are a cook. Mm-hmm. And there's so much more complexity to it. This uh, profession has grown to the ranks of any sophisticated CEO, um, you know, any sophisticated business, um, any sophisticated professional field, right? It's just, it's how much are you going to put into it? Uh, mm-hmm. The top of the top of the top culinary experience are people that have PhD level skills in their field. And I think I, I want a greater reverence when we think right. about the restaurant and service business. And that goes beyond just food. I mean, that can go to, you know, your barbers, your, anybody working in service period for, for others it, in, in, in a uh, be, you know, a um, uh, uh, service to customer sh- sort of relationship. Um, and so I, that's what I'm hoping that this show can be in your show as well is to give a greater uh, peek behind the curtain. I yeah, think. like we all we're all doing the same thing, right? Like we're all fucking making drinks for people at the end of the day, no matter if it's a fucking vodka lemonade or a fucking Negroni, right? Like. We're all here doing the same thing and we all enjoy it and we all can respect each other at the same level because no one's better than the other person no matter what you're doing. And yeah. it's all fun. It's all fun because we can all relate yeah. to the same thing. Because no matter if you're spending $25 on a drink or $4 on a drink, you have the same assholes or same great people. <laughs> and not, we're, we're all all brought together by the same pieces of shit yeah. who walk through the and, door, and right? Not to blow smoke up my own asshole or Mike's either, but that's what makes well, the gauntlet resonate with people. Is it doesn't absolutely. matter if you're craft or it doesn't absolutely. matter if your volume or if you've or if you've only worked service bar, if you've never worked at a bar. Uh, you, you know, you've only been a restaurant or, you know, pizza delivery guy. You hear some of these questions and you're like, best and worst tips. I remember this one motherfucker, <laughs> you know, and it just right. immediately launched into it. So, all right, Carl, last couple questions before we get you out of here. First, why do you still do this? A.K.A. Why do you hate yourself, Carl? Because <sighs> I've not went to therapy and worked things out <laughs> with other people. <laughs> So you do it with your customers, <laughs> right? Over a, over a stiff drink, <laughs> absolutely. So my wife has a hundred thousand dollar bachelor's degree from a private college, and it's under psychology. I use her degree more than I, she uses her degree. But I mean, yes, is that I don't, honestly, it it's so interesting to talk to people because. It's like you have to have a first date and a tenth date with someone or a, or your customer all within 20, 30 an yeah. hour minutes wow, of each other, that's, right? That's so well put. Yeah. You have to, you have to learn who they are and like get to know them super fast than anyone. And it's so fun. But it's also some of those social draining things I've ever done before in my life to where like on the weekends mm-hmm. I don't want to hang out with anyone. Just put me in my room. Let me watch football or let me just do watch a movie, right? But I love it so much because I love learning about people and just like who people are, what makes people tick. And this is a job to do because after two cocktails, you'll tell me anything you want. <laughs> Crack them open and, and you get to and be a psychologist up, for a few minutes. And there are some fucked up people out there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Carl, attorney, listen, listen, this is patient uh, doctor, pri- patient bartender privilege, okay? You need to keep that private. All right. 
Let's protect the innocent and the guilty. But all right, Mike, team up for the final question, and we're gonna get Carl out of here. It's been a hell of a time doing this, my yeah, friend. Yeah. Uh, I really, I love your company, and I hate electronic communication. So I'm sure I'm gonna love it even more in person. Um, yeah, I yeah. Days. But go ahead. Agreed. Yeah. So last question: If you opened a bar, what would you call it, or what would the theme be? So. I have my jokester bar name that's called Hookers and Blow. And the tag <laughs> and the tagline would be two things you don't serve here. Because <laughs> you know, that's usually Because you're a passive aggressive piece and of it shit. Would be we a classy get it. joint. A classy, <laughs> right? classy joint. Exactly. You know. The men listen, the men need to wear jackets, okay? And if no, you don't wait, have, have one, question. we'll provide one for you. I know, obviously, no, it means women, that you don't... The women wear jackets, too, because we don't, you know, we don't... Yeah, everybody fucking wears equal blazers. opportunity. Ta yeah, Taylor right. would love this place. <laughs> Taylor would love this place. So, I, I, I obviously get that you don't provide hookers, but do you still serve hookers who come into the establishment? We would provide phone numbers of other establishments that <laughs> No, no. I just meant when you say, you know, no, two things we don't, you know, serve. after a long night of she's got, you know, she just got off her shift. <laughs> she needs she a drink. Has, she, has, she or he, excuse me. Yes. Right. Um, you know, they roll in. Can they get they can they get a disgruntled bee from Carl? That's all I'm asking. Yes. All right. There and, and equal handy. opportunity service. And, and a hand here. He's handed it. But <laughs> on a serious though, uh, we're, I'm working with some guys, uh, and they own a couple of buildings, and uh, we're looking up our own bar later this year, and it's going to be called Abandoned, and it's going to be a pre-prohibition style, like just like focus and just yeah. So it should be happening later than this year. And I love so really, really classic cocktail focus. Yeah, exactly. You know, and and atmosphere, and I love spirit forward. You know, and just a great time. You know, fifty people, no TVs, no live music. You just go there, socialize, and just have a good experience. You know, that's awesome. So. And not to pry too much, but I remember you telling us that that's on kind of a part of Dubuque that in some ways has been abandoned, right? Like it's this part of town that's experiencing a little bit of a revival. And so I love the name yep. kind of going along with like the, the 1920s, you know, mm -hmm. prohibition theme. There's a lot of kind of elements that weave together to where you guys are going to, and I don't say that I, I say this word as a compliment, recycle this part of town that is kind of, it right. had its heyday. It's gone back down, and we're gonna we're gonna breathe new life into it. And I think that's really cool. So, yeah. um, best best of luck with that. I really hope by the time that we come out, that y'all are cooking, and um, you know, I we'll we'll know where we can get a tw quiet drink with no college football in the background. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, Carl, no Steve will be checking his phone. Don't care about. <laughs> The Wisconsin Badgers at this bar. Oh, yes, yes. No brandy in my old-fashioned when I sit down, but you already know that. Um, my friend, it has been an absolute pleasure. Anything you want to say to the people before we get you out of here? Like, subscribe, and give a review to the Bartender Rat Podcast. Five stars. Oh. Yeah, five, five stars only. Yes, and do you if want to start a tab as well? Get it, on there and give that a listen. If you don't, you're chicken shit because it's a three-hour-long podcast, so I don't know why the fuck <laughs> yeah, else no should be listening if to you this. If you've listened yeah. this long and here, you give us a bad review, yeah. then you're just a fucking you hater is all I'm you gonna, are. I'm going to take one for the team. If you've listened this far, okay, 
Give me a bad review, okay? But give give Mike a good one. Give us five stars and do yourself a get, favor. Get on Google Das Beer Hall in fucking Parkville, Maryland. No, don't do that. <laughs> leave leave Steve a terrible no, no, fucking no, 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 review. No, 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 don't do that. We're trying to gain business, dude. Don't do that. Don't do that. Okay. You know what? Do get it. on It'll get on the social. Shit on me, but please support Mike. Support Carl. Hotel Julian. And do you want to start a tab? Um, he's been so benevolent in, in uh, putting up with us for six fucking hours worth of a recording. That's right, people. Um, we, we've had to grind this out to, to get you this product. But have a We're, great night, guys. Yeah, Thank sub- you subscribe to the bonus content for the first recording. Yes. It's worth it. And as always, Michael, what do we tell him on the way out? Uh, fuck off. That's right. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everyone, thanks for listening along and thanks for drinking along. We hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm sorry, I'm still fucking sick. Power through. We release new episodes. What? Power through. <laughs> Restarted. Nope, power through. <coughs> we release new episodes whenever we can or whenever we fucking feel like it. You know, we took a three week break there, but I uh, appreciate you guys sticking around with us. A big shout out, as always, to our friends over at Trauma Parlor, whose song Fast One you heard throughout the show. You're listening to it right now. Please go check them out on Facebook and Spotify and show those motherfuckers some love. Sorry, guys. Mike got stabbed in the neck while he was doing that. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. If I'm you so want to be one of our regulars, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. You know what? The TikTok, whatever social media platforms you want at BRP Drink Along. Yeah, it's not like we're posting on any of them. So, you know, we will fuck soon. it. Just we're follow hire anything. a social media person. Fuck you, Mike. Okay? <laughs> uh, you can listen along on Google Pod, Apple Pod. You know what? Why do I keep saying this? You can listen along wherever you get your podcast. Um, at the Bartender Rant Podcast. That's all you need to look up. Uh, please subscribe, rate, and review. This is the best way to help us grow the show and reach new listeners, especially the ratings and the reviews. Please, people, that's what keeps pushing us up the charts. The charts? <laughs> the charts, excuse me. The more ratings and reviews, the faster we climb up the charts. Plus, we really need the personal validation. And probably a new pair of boxer shorts. Uh- <laughs> absolutely that's all we're doing this for at this point in time and honestly i'd love to say this is high hopes i would love to see us hit 100 likes on at least spotify 100 five-star reviews on spotify before episode 50 that'd, that'd be, be really cool we're pushing, so. we're pushing like if you guys can likes. help us out you know we, i think we got yeah, 50 likes really, to go just just you know even if you don't have a even if you don't get our show through spotify download spotify give us a like delete the app Okay, <laughs> that's too much. They're not going to do that. No, Fuck no, you, Steve. Good. And don't forget, if you are a Spotify user, be sure to check out our BRP playlist. Uh, these are just some uh, different playlists that we put together. But uh, most importantly, we have the Industry Night playlist, uh, which are just songs chosen by each uh, guest that we have. All the songs are added chronologically, so you can figure out which guest added which songs all you have to do is pick the song and divide it uh in its list on spotify by by three and it will tell you what episode that came from so if you really resonate with the guests you want to know what kind of music they're into check out that uh that spotify playlist and those links those links uh are in our instagram and our link tree so you can find all the playlists there no doubt um how about some merch do you want some kick-ass show merch well, I already have some, but I would I would actually like some more. Of course. Everybody should probably get some. Um, if you want to get some sweet BRP show merch, check out all of our amazing swag courtesy of Campo Design Co. at prodigydtg.com. 
backslash bartender rant. And if you just want to hang out with Mike and myself, join us the first Monday of every month for our virtual industry night happy hour. Have some drinks, meet some fellow barflies, listen to our guest bartender playlist, and tell Mike and I how much we suck at podcasting. I mean, you know, it's been rough audio and not as many shows being released, but we are going to keep trying at this thing. We're going to keep pushing forward. If you do want to join us for that Industry Night Happy Hour, make sure to follow us on social media for all of the links. Yes, all the links are on our pages and our Instagram and everything else. And if you want to be one of our VIP listeners, please subscribe to the Bartender Rent Podcast on Patreon. So our VIPs, you're always going to have a seat at the bar to know uh, all the bonus content that we're doing. You're going to get access to stuff like the Boilermaker tapes, just, you know, good bar stories, Ranch versus Blue Cheese crank calls if we ever record run, uh, special releases like Carl's Lost Episode and so much more. No doubt, especially like the suggestion box, which if you haven't... Yeah, we said, if you're listening right now, we still need people to call into the suggestion box. That content is all dependent on you guys. So if you have a bad night at work, something crazy happens, call please call in. That's 423-POD-RANT. Please share your stories with us so that way we can make money off of you. P-O-D-R-A-N-T, P-O-D-R-A-N-T P-O-D-R-A-N-T, 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 P-O-D-R-A-N
Mike and I do this because we love the industry and we want to bring you guys great content, but this is not our day job. If it was, we would do it a lot more. You'd have a lot more episodes. Um, with your help, though, we can keep the stories coming and interview local bartenders from coast to coast. And as always, don't just listen along. Drink along. Is that coming over? Uh, um, uh, fucking Jimmy, Jimmy Hendrix. Okay. Yeah, for some, every time you play guitar, it's not coming through. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like almost like it's like just stop broadcasting. Uh, it's probably because I'm on my phone and I have my headphones like plugged off, but you can hear my voice. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I can't hear your guitar, but I can hear oh. your voice. Yeah, it's weird. That's strange. So you like uh, so, so you like metal music? Oh my god, I'm a fucking massive fan. So, I like I like everything. Uh, I don't I don't play yeah. I don't play much metal. I can't I can't. I wish I could, but I don't have that kind of talent. Dude, um, that's a whole. That's a that's they're that's, fucking yeah. freaks. These guys, they're nuts. Um, when I was a kid, uh, when I was really young, my older brother, uh, is just and he's such a gifted drummer um and he was in probably you know over the years probably 20 different bands but at any given time a couple you know a couple different ones at a time and he's just so 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 talented this kid at playing the drums and his music was metal i mean you know double bass just fucking mm -hmm. tearing it up on the drums so he would play in all these metal bands and i would go to all the shows and sit at the and and i would run the merch table so I'm like, of course, I'm yeah. like eight, nine, yeah. ten years old at his metal shows, like, <laughs> all, and all these like seedy little uh, metal bars are all around Baltimore, like selling, selling like hats and shirts and stuff, and watching him play. And um, he opened up for Dima Boisier once uh, when there was like a big metal festival that used to play here in Druid Hill Park, and um, they were, you know, I became kind of a big fan of theirs. And then oh, I was Steve. Did you did, did you see what happened to Jake? Jake Halsey? No, Tom's brother. No, what happened? He fucking crashed his dad's BMW and was ejected 30 feet out of the car. Is he okay? He's fine. He's completely fine. Was he drunk? No, he was sober. He doesn't remember the crash, but he was ejected like 30 feet out of the fucking car. Jesus and uh, he might he might have a concussion, but just like scrapes and bruises. Happen? But other than that, oh, just like a couple days ago. Jesus Christ! I hadn't heard anything. I gotta, I'll, I gotta call him. Yeah, he, yeah, he's he's fine. He's absolutely fine. But it was kind of incredible. Oh my God, I'm glad he's all right. Um, yeah, dude, that's crazy. Not yeah, th thirty fucking feet and like maybe a concussion. Jesus Christ! That's pretty fucking metal. Lucky kid, man. That's pretty metal for sure. Um, no, uh, in all seriousness, uh, I think my favorite metal group of all time, like, no question between the bear to me. I love them. I love everything about them. They're just so Who between between the bear to me? Yeah, they're just so talented. They're out of like I think either North or South Carolina. 
and uh, their al- their album Colors is one of my favorite front to back albums. Like yeah. from the push you play to the end, yeah. it's magnificent. I feel the same. See, was, a, I feel the same way about like Alaska. Pa- I love that album. Yeah, Alaska's it's great. There was a time, uh, so like in 99, we went to go to St. Louis to this little uh, bar called Creepy Crawl or something, I think. That's Anyways, <laughs> it was it was uh, this band called Drowning Man from Vermont, which was one of my favorite bands. And then it was uh, Isis and Dillinger Escape Plan. Uh, I yeah, I know Dillinger. 15, I paid $15 to go nice. see. Like, and I'm like, and so I go to the merch table for Dillinger and I'm like, man, this guy looks like someone I know. I don't know them, but like I'm like I'm aware of who it is, and I go, "Are you the bass player for Caven?" He's like, "How do you know who I am?" I'm like, "Cause I fucking love Caven, and you look like him." He's like, "Yeah, that's me. I'm just the merch guy for these guys." I'm like, <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ, you know? That's and awesome. Like, so I, you know, are you guys aware of who Caven is? No. 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 Okay, so they're uh they're okay. So Boston in the late '90s, early 2000s is very the scene for hardcore music like uh, Converge, Caven, uh, uh, some other bands I can't think of right now. Anyways, they had a uh, record label called Hydra Records. They basically were like the smaller version of Relapse Records, and Relapse was like who Dillinger signed to and a bunch of other bands. But anyways, uh, Caven, you know, they're in their early 40s, uh, went through a lot of different variations of kind of sound. They just kind of grew. Yeah. Like, yeah, go just go through the discography. And like the earlier stuff, you can hear like Converge and some of the like hardcore crazy, and they kind of like just grew into this other more like uh, not progressive hardcore. Are you talking metal, about? Are you talking about Dillinger? No, Caven. Caven, so Kaven. sorry. I was, yeah, sorry. no, yeah. Um, Dillinger's always going to be that hardcore mathcore type stuff, but yeah. But anyways, Caven's uh, great. Uh, and you guys know who Botch is? B O T C H. Oh my God! If you love Between the Bury Me, Botch is like one of the best math core bands okay. out there and they just reunited and are going to do like a great big summer tour. So I bet they'll play around Baltimore. And if you go, it'll probably that. be one of the best shows. You it'll get. probably be at the fucking Duly, auto bar. Duly noted. Duly noted. A lot yeah. of, uh, if, so, uh, I don't know. If I just Mike, watched, I uh, I on YouTube, you uh, I don't know if I told you, sorry, go on Steve. Shut down. Did it really? Yeah. Broke my fucking heart. I well, went there. I hope to, they got, I, I hope they go got have, my letter at least. I went there to go have drinks uh, and shoot some pool maybe two months ago. And there's a sign on the door, literally shut down. That's a that's a heartbreaker, man. That was a staple. We should buy it. Let's reopen it. That was that 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 was a bar, Carl. That I got lifelong banned from. Congratulations. How do you get? How does that? Uh, I'll, I'll tell a, the story it's a different, right now, Carl. Glad no, you asked. come on. No, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm glad you Carl, asked. I'm so glad I, you this asked. is a story. This is one of the only stories from my entire life that I'm truly ashamed hey, of. Okay, so really quick, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Baltimore Soundstage. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, where the Soundstage. Play. Yeah. That's no. no that, that's I'm where they are right playing. Now, that's where that, they are. Playing. That's where they are playing. Nice. That's so, a great venue. Uh, November fourteenth. I will send you the thing. And honestly, do. Go, whatever. If the tickets forty twenty dollars, thirty dollars, just go. It'll, yeah, it'll be, be amazing. Yeah, they'll be cheap at Soundstage, but that, yeah, that's a great venue for them. And that's that's where most of the metal bands play. So that makes sense. Um, yeah, please do. Um, so all right, very quick version of the story, and then let's get back into it. So yep. we, when Mike and I first moved in together, we were living in North Central Baltimore, this area called Charles Village. Very like, mm-hmm. you know, at the time it was like kind of starting its resurgence. Like there were definitely still like blight on our block. There was definitely still like a lot of riffraff around the area, but the neighborhood was starting to come back and it was a ton of, it was a ton of fun living there at the time. It was cheap. It was great. 
and on the opposite corner from our house was a bar. I mean, we could stumble drunk there in a minute. It was so close, and it's called the Outta Bar. And forever, it's been like a metal underground rap scene. It was uh, a it was a great like just kind of like house music venue type of place. They they had like they had a venue underneath, and, they, and then, then they had a bar up top really too. Yeah, stairs. There was like pool tables and another bar up there, and they would it was just they do like kind of kar- karaoke it's and have bands and shit. It was awesome. And Carl, yeah. they didn't have computers, so they kept every tab by written hand, and they would forget drinks all the time. So you'd walk out with like a five. Di- it was perfect. Fucking places. Right. Awesome. Anyway, one night there was a fight that broke out. A guy got stabbed. He died. Okay. Well, Fucking I thought it was, I thought the guy was I thought the guy was walking home no, from it was on the stairs. It happened on the stairs because we okay. ended up meeting the girl whose boyfriend it was who got stabbed. Did I ever tell you that part of this? Uh, I'll tell you that. I ended up meeting. Uh, so, long story short, I got hooked up on a Tinder date with a girl that turned out to be the ex girlfriend of the guy who got stabbed and killed, and she told me the whole story. It's a whole thing. Anyway, oh my God. that's a, that's a small world, small to more thing. But regardless, so. This guy gets stabbed. Autobar's on like and dies. The Autobar's on like a lockdown for like two weeks. It opens back up again, and like, I don't know, maybe a month after all the shit has gone down. I don't think it was that it soon. Was this close. is after people had tattoos and shit, Correct. so some time had passed. Some time had passed. They, they now had all these bouncers, and Mike and I and our buddy Tom and everybody go there, and we're getting wasted and blacked out. Mike decides. <laughs> I think I need to be the one to tell this story. Go go ahead, take it from here. So I came to visit Baltimore. Uh, I hadn't been there for a while, so they were also living in Charles Village. We first go to Scores, get fucking oh, hammered. It's a strip get to the club. Point of what you told the bouncer? No, this is important. We get it, it, <laughs> like, look, being drunk is not an excuse for being a piece of shit. But like, I was fucking drunk. I was you did absolutely smoke a hammered. Cigarette in the trunk of a car that night. We got we got absolutely we got absolutely wasted at Scores, and then we came back to the place in Baltimore in Charles Village, and they were like, "Let's walk to." Uh, Let's walk down. I think it was just me and Tom at this point. Tom, Tom and I walked down to walk. I don't know. I actually don't think you were this time. Listen, so Tom and I walked down to Auto Bar. Tom goes in first, gives his ID, goes up right up to the top. I come up. I had just got a new ID, so I had one of the paper licenses, one of the mm-hmm. receipts, and my like the information because it was a receipt had started to like wear away, and it was hard to read the receipt. So I give the guy the receipt and he's like dude i can't fucking read this the, the, i can't read your date of birth i can't let you in i'm sorry i'm like fuck all right well my buddy's upstairs can i go grab my buddy and he's like sure so i walk upstairs tom's standing at the bar he already has two shots of jameson or something like a couple beers or something and i'm like fuck did you already pay for these he's like yeah i was like all right let's just chug these we have to go i can't i'm not allowed to be here so we Tip the fucking drinks up, finish the drinks. The guy is at the staircase and he sees me drinking and he he gets pissed off. He's fucking upset. He's like, dude, I fucking get the fuck out of here. I told you fucking not blah, 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 blah. Kind of just really laying into me. So me we're walking down the, the stairs. <sighs> Go ahead. And Mike's response to the bouncer being upset and mean to him is, what are you going to stab me? <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I literally said, "Are you? What are you gonna do? Stab me in the throat? Fucking! This is this is terrible. Uh, this like, is like, I by truly the way, this is like this bouncer's friend. 
Okay, just be yeah, I, this oh. I'm ge- I'm no, I'm genuinely up, like I'm upset about this story telling us right now. Oh. I was th- there's no excuse there's no excuse for this, but this was just like the meanest. Like I was fucking hammered, drunk. This guy, to be fair, he was being a fucking asshole about this, and right. he's just he's laying into me. And I'm like, oh, what are you gonna do? Stab me in the throat, man? And he gets fucking upset, and like we're walking out, <laughs> like and he comes up and he confronts. Of course he would. Of yeah. course he would. He comes up and he confronts me. And I'm like, man, I'm like, we have a moment. I'm like, I'm really sorry. That was completely uncalled for. You're, you're totally right. I'm sorry. We're leaving. You know, have a good night. Right. Here's the mistake. The next fucking night, which, by the way, they my family, like, overnighted my passport to me. The next fucking night, they're all like, let's go out to the auto bar. I'm like, man, I don't really, I really don't think we should. I really don't think we should. I'm, you know, they're like, yeah, it'll be fine. They don't, they won't even remember you. So we all go to the fucking auto bar. And they all go up the stairs. And then I get up there and I hand the guy, same fucking guy, checking the door. Hand him my fucking passport. And he kind of checks it nonchalantly. And then he stops. He looks at me, he looks down at the passport, he looks back up at me, and then he kind of just hands it back to me. He's like, doesn't say anything, and I just go upstairs. We're all sitting down at a table. I'm actually even with a girl at the point in time that I knew from Baltimore that I was trying to hook up with that night. I did hook up with her that night, by the way. Still got it. But anyway, but anyway, we're all we're all we're all sitting we're all sitting. Make sure he had to sneak that one in there. We're all sitting at a booth. We're all sitting at a booth. And then all of a sudden, like four or five of the workers converge on us and they just kind of circle our booth and they're like, hey, like your friends are fine. But I I can't remember what they said, but basically they were like, you're a fucking piece of shit and you're not welcome here. So I stand up and they're all like, I I remember this so vividly, like just like a couple of them were looking at me just sad and just disappointed. And they were all chanting at him, virgin, virgin, which is why I had to take that girl home that night and fuck her. They were just, they were just, some of them were just kind of shaking their head just in disappointment and just like, they were just hurt and upset by the whole thing. And one of the guys was like, man. Man, fuck you you did like how how dare you and I, I looked at all of them and i was like i i'm so sorry you're you're all completely right i i, I truly apologize and i left and right. i felt i felt absolutely horrible the rest of the you know i got laid right after that <laughs> but uh the rest of the the God. trip <laughs> the rest, God, the rest of the trip was fine but here's a now fuck you i'm not narcissistic i'm just that's the one saving grace of this is that that girl witnessed that shit go down and she's all like right, yeah, wrap so this fuck up this let's guy. get back in wait wait all right i'm wrapping it up the the end of the story the end of this secret boilermaker tape that's at the end of the episode if you're listening right now you're a real fucking fan and you, you probably already hate me so i don't have anything to fucking lose at this point in time i did when i got home i wrote a personal letter to the auto bar to all the workers there apologizing and you know just saying it was just a genuine letter just explaining that it was just how bad I felt and that I would never come back to the Autobahn. And I never went back. And I, now that it's closed, I never will be back. So that was my last night at the Autobahn. having sex. So I don't know if that chicken scratch even. I've got I've got more them. stories about fucking that girl in Charles Village. Okay. Uh, including All right. with, uh, and, with... and we'll do that on another <laughs> podcast about Mike and his sexcapades. It's good to know that you've popped your cherry. All right. Let's get back into it, guys. Uh, I'm going to go three, two, one, and then I'm going to reintroduce. 